Hey everybody, welcome to the History of FMW. This is going to be episode number 31. We're here, we're going to start doing our first uh, full year-long show recaps. So um, we're the uh, today we're going to talk about 2004. Now, uh, going into two, to 2004, um, the FMW guys, they've kind of reunified as the Apache Army. Um, they're embroiled in a feud with Zero One, and that's really the only major storyline that's going into two, to 2004. Um, as always, I'm joined by Bahu, so, uh, Brett, we're just gonna jump right into it. Uh, the first show that we've got, and I should mention, at this point, all of the FMW guys have pretty much scattered to the seven ends of the earth, and they are just appearing everywhere that you can think. So we're gonna start over in All Japan. Um, in All Japan on January 2nd, they ran a Kurokan Hall show, and what was the FMW involvement here? So this was uh, Mr. Ganasuke and Tetsuhiro Kuroda. Uh, back in December, uh, Kanemura had a lymph infection, so his whole mouth had swollen. And um, so he wasn't able to wrestle anymore, and him and Kuroda were the all-Asian tag team champions. Um, because of his injury, uh, Ganasuke pretty much took over the spot for Kanemura, and they won the uh, all-Asian titles in 0-1 on December 25th. So this was kind of the agreement, you know, the all-Asian titles or the all-Japan titles that they had kind of let zero one uh use for a little bit and while zero one had it they gave it to uh Kanemura and Kuroda and then Ganosuke and Kuroda so this um was to set up uh Ganosuke and Kuroda on January 2nd taking on Satoshi Kojima and Kaz Hayashi um for the all Asian tag titles and um Kojima and, and Hayashi actually are going by their alter ego gimmicks um Kojima is going by the great Kosuke which is kind of like Sasuke, but with um, Kojima's pattern of a mask, so it's like orange and white. And then uh, Kaz Hayashi is going by Shiru, uh, his old Michinoku Pro mask gimmick that he had in the 90s. And so, like I said, this is for the all-Asian tag titles. This is a, a, a really good match. Um, you know, this is kind of the first time where um, F the uh, Apache guys are p appearing in all Japan, Um Oh, well, at least Ganosuke, the uh, uh, Kanemura had competed, uh, Kanemura and Kuroda had competed over the summer of 03, but this is the first time, like, Ganosuke's work in all Japan, and in, and in this match, um, Ganosuke and Kuroda, they go right after uh, Kojima, um, right at the start, at start attack, well, Ganosuke actually trips over a streamer right at the beginning of the match, um, you know, and like I said, this is a pretty good match. Ganosuke is uh, focusing on ripping uh, Shiru's mask off the entire time. So he pretty much a, a majority of the match is Ganosuke just trying to rip this mask off of uh, Shiru to reveal Kazayashi. Uh, Ganosuke and Kojima, who, you know, they had a singles match in 02 and WMF. They're going back at it with each other, chopping each other. Uh, Kojima uh, goes for a lariat and Ganosuke turns it into a Ganosuke clutch. So he, uh, with Kojima barely kicking out. Um Eventually, uh, Ganosuke is going back to sh rip off Shiru's mask when um, Goito comes into the ring to interfere. You know, Goito had uh, Peter had started uh, becoming the Apache Army manager, and he had been interfering during the whole Zero One feud. And so Goito comes in to interfere. Uh, Kuroda's holding Kojima as Goito is going to go for a spinning heel kick, but Kojima moves out of the way, and um, so Goito ends up hitting uh, Kuroda instead, and then Kojima ends up hitting a lariat on. 
on Kuroda to get the win uh, for the All Asian Tag Titles. So this was pretty much just part of the agreement. Like, hey, we're gonna, you know, All Japan's going. Okay, we're gonna lend the titles to you, um, Apache Army. You're through zero one. You're gonna get the titles for a week, but you're giving them right back. And so that was part of the deal. Um, so Kojima and uh, Kazayashi could win the All Asian Tag Titles. All right, cool. And our like, so is. Ganosuke, um, who's he? He's really only been wrestling for the WMF groups. Is he still treated with uh, you know as a big star, or has his star kind of faded a little bit? Yeah, no, he's still treated as kind of like the number two guy at this point. He's below uh, Kanemura. Um, he's probably right there at. Kuroda, but he's got enough, you know, he's got more seniority than pretty much everybody. You know, he has an established name, so they don't really try and job him out when they don't want need to, and like I said, like, Kuroda loses this match, so, um, you know, they, Ganosuke really, for his whole career, has always tried to at least um, stay protected. He'll lose to Okajima or something like that, a star bigger than him, but anyone kind of at his level or lower, he tries to, he would always try to avoid jobbing, and if it's a tag match, like I said, a, Ken, a Kuroda or um, you know, someone else is going to lose instead of him. All right. So um, as we mentioned, the FMW guys, they're feuding with uh, Zero One mainly. And, you know, at this point, Zero One is really on fire in a lot of ways. Um, so they had a show on January 9th at Kurokin Hall, if you want to go over that one. So this one is um, Mr. Ganasuke, Tetsuhiro Kuroda, and Shoshi Ichimaya, who is um, – the uh, I went over it uh, a couple episodes ago. He had a gimmick where he pretty much every um, match that he was in, he'd dress up as another wrestler. And so in this match, he dresses up as Shoshi, uh, as Shinya Hashimoto. So he comes to the ring with you know Hashimoto's gear, with the, um, the headband and everything, and um, they take on Shinya Hashimoto, Hirataka Yokoi, and Yoshihiro Sasaki. And, and so, in, like I said, Ichimaya comes to the ring... Um, you know, right away, uh, Kuroda knocks down Hashimoto, and that lets Ichimaya, the comedy gimmick, he comes in, he starts uh, giving Hashimoto chops to Hashimoto. Well, Hashimoto's going to get pissed off about that. Like, wait, you're going to pretend to be me, and you're going to do my move on me? No. And so Hashimoto starts just cr just chopping the crap out of Ichimaya as a result. Um, eventually, Ganosuke and Kuroda are going to end up throwing Hashimoto at Ichimaya, who's going to um, try the Hashimoto spinning uh, heel kick, but Hashimoto just moves out of the way. He's not going to sell for a comedy gimmick mocking him or anything like that. Um, and eventually, Hashimoto just starts kicking the crap out of Ichimaya, and then eventually, Ganosuke and Kuroda. Um, Yoshihiro Sasaki, who, you know, he was an FMW dojo guy. Um, he had joined the Zero One promotion. He has so much fire and so much, um, he really just has so much passion when it comes to wrestling. So he comes in the ring and he has so much fire. He Double Spears, Ganosuke, and Kuroda. Um, but Maya Iwaki, who is a Kayantai Dojo wrestler, who was a part of the Apache Army, um, kind of like a, um, a sidekick, you know, he just joined, uh, accompanying them to ringside and stuff. He comes in, and he ends up hitting uh, Yoshihito Sasaki with a chair, and he, that sets up uh, Kuroda to get the lariat on Yoshihito Sasaki uh, for the Apache Army win. And that is another aspect of the Apache Army. They're kind of adding in um, smaller indie guys, you know, from Kayantai Dojo, from Big Japan. They're just kind of randomly showing up. Uh, to a company or appear in matches and stuff. They're kind of becoming more, um, bring, bringing in more indie guys than, um, and, and not just being a FMW only group. Um, so I have a, a, a 
a quick question. So eventually Apache Army does become a full-blown company. Was Kanemura's goal always to create a full company? Um, not not right away. Um, I mean, at this point, it's Fuki Army is the promotion. They have uh, more sponsors and everything like that. So, you know, it's it's an easier way. You know, and, and Kanemura is running the promotion promotion pretty much i may mention you know kenimer and goito are booking the promotion and um they're using uh fuki's widows um the money that fuki had saved up uh prior to his death and they also had sponsors and everything so at the, at this time there is, it is not the plan of having a promotion it is the apache army is a part of the group of fuki army because the fuki army right now hey why why go why look for another promotion or start a promotion when you know this is our home and right now you know this is fuki's promotion pretty much even though fuki is passed on right now so at the moment it is not the plan right now is not to start his own promotion all right so that's going to take us now to the fuki army show on january 14th so this was um i you know talked about last episode how september october um and december three shows were hot they were awesome shows um they were all taped the, um, but the December show, and you know, it was the Apache versus Zero One each time. And by the end, it was kind of like, mm, you know, okay, there's not as much interest. Like, okay, Zero One's already established; they're going to win now that um, they've given the Apache the first couple wins, and now Zero One's winning every time. And by the third show in December, even though it was a great match, it was kind of the the attendance had started dropping. The interest wasn't as as you know the interest had already peaked and it was starting to decline. So um, for this show, you know they announced fifteen hundred fans, which is around what they were drawing for um, the December show. Kind of um, the like I said, past the peak. But they don't have this show doesn't get television. Um, Samurai doesn't air it, so um, this show never airs or anything like that. Um, but um, some of the matches are uh, Mr. Ganasuke, uh, the returning Kentaro, Kanemura, and Hito. And now Kanemura is covered completely. Um, his, he had this bandage just covering his face completely because of his lymph infection. I may mention, you know, last episode how he had um, gotten someone else's blood in his body, in his bloodstream and everything, having these death matches. And it was all these germs um, from the other person's blood had gotten in his body, and he nearly died as a result of this. And so he is coming back early he shouldn't be uh he's not ready to come back and like i said he has just his whole face covered um because of all the swelling on his uh on his uh jawline because of the um illness so it's the apache army they're taking on uh, the zero one team of tetsuhito takaiwa uh junkasai and yoshihiro sasaki and um ganasuke and takaiwa get into a chop battle during this match and um you know, but eventually, uh, Ganasuke ends up getting the win over Yoshihito Sasaki um, with a uh, f with the Fire Thunder, um, and then actually, and sorry, I take that back. I, 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 this, like I said, this wasn't aired or anything. But uh, Ganasuke gets the Fire Thunder on Sasaki. Kanemura ends up hitting a Sinton Splash, and then hit Kanemura hits a Thunder Fire Power Bomb on Sasaki to get the win. Um, and then in the main event, uh, Masato Tanaka takes on Tetsuhiro Kuroda. Um, and, you know, they always have a really good match. Kuroda and Tanaka have been working together since um, they both started in FNW. 
1993. Um, and, you know, they had some really classic matches. And like I said, this wasn't taped, so I never actually saw this match. But um, Tanaka ends up getting the win over Kuroda with an elbow smash. Um, and then afterwards, Kanemura comes to the ring and he stare downs Tanaka. So that's, um, it's looking like Tanaka and Kanemura um, coming away are actually going to start joining together. There's, there's some respect there and they're going to start switching things around. Um, and so, like I said, it's just kind of this tease of Tanaka and Kanemura might be joining together. Um, and like I said, you know, Tanaka had been with the zero uh, one throughout the last couple months and feuding with them. And now they want to kind of spice things up here. And um, this was the beginning of that. All right, cool. So then that's going to lead into the zero one show on January 19th. Um, okay, so yeah, this show happened in Takamatsu. Uh, it was uh, Kentaro Kanemura and Tetsuhiro Kuroda against Shinya Hashimoto and Tatsuhito, uh, Tatsuhito Takiiwa. Um, in, in this match, uh, Takiiwa is setting up uh, Kanemura and, uh, to hit the Death Valley Bomb, which is Takiiwa's finish, but um, Ganesuke ends up coming to the ring and distracting the referee. Well, as a result, um, you know, Takiiwa can't get the win because the referee is being distracted. Well, Takaiwa now has to go for a power bomb, but um, on Kuroda instead. But Kuroda would end up hitting him uh, with a chair, as uh, and Kanemura would end up rolling up Takaiwa for the win. Uh, so it's kind of you know the Apache Army gets the win over interference. Ganosuke's distracting the referee, and uh, Kanemura, like I said, ends up picking up kind of like a fluke win um, over Takaiwa. All right. Now, after this show, so on January 20th, you reported at the time that Kanemura, he had to go back into the hospital. Yeah, so he wasn't ready to um, come. He wasn't ready uh, to ever leave the hospital. He, the doctors had not given him permission to go back into the ring. And so when they found out, um, you know, because of this, like I said, this was a very serious illness that he had. He couldn't just go back into the ring. They had not cleared him or anything like that. And so um, they forced him to stay in the hospital for 20 days as a result. So Kanemura cannot travel, cannot go. No, he has to live in the hospital for 20 days. So he's off all upcoming shows. Um, as a result, you know, because he was not supposed to be wrestling. He was not cleared. He was not ready. And like I said, uh, on the January 14th show, his whole face is just covered. He knew he wasn't ready, but uh, he didn't want to miss another um, Apache or another Fuki Army show. He felt like he was the top draw, the top sell. I can't miss these shows, even though I'm seriously ill. And like I said, you know, he told me I almost died from this. Now is 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 he losing any guaranteed money from any of these contracts? Um, he would be missing on like any zero one show that he would miss. He's not getting paid. Um, but with with the Fuki Army, I'm sure he's getting a some uh, some pay. But you know, it's his responsibility. Feeling like he's the ace. Feeling like he's the top guy. I can't miss these shows. These shows are you know the attendance are going down. And like I said. Um, you know that zero that Fuki Army show on December fifth, two thousand three. You know Kanemura wasn't on it, and that was the first real big dip right there. And then you had this show, which okay, Kanemura returns, but he's not in any like he's just in the semi main event because he can't really like wrestle a main event style match or anything like that. And you know that's another hit. And I mean we'll go over here later where hey, as a result, these shows you know these take a toll because they are not financially successful enough to keep the promotion going for. 
Koto Fuyuki's widow, who's not that interested in, you know, she doesn't know that much about wrestling. All she knows is, hey, this is all the money my husband saved up for this promotion, and it's draining. You know, these shows, they don't have enough money to tour or anything like that. They can only can run Corrigan Hall, and okay, um, they might have been hitting even or making a little bit of money a couple months ago or at the start, but now when you're drawing 1500 which probably isn't really 1500 you're starting to lose money as a result, and as a result, you know, like I said, when you have someone that's not doesn't love wrestling in charge, they're going to see money losing money as no, I'm not going to keep doing this. So this was kind of a out of fear of like I need to do what I can to keep this promotion going. Awesome. Okay. So okay, uh, going on to February, um, some WMF news. So they ran a show on February 11th with a big announcement attached to it. So, yeah, prior to the show, um, Tetsuya Yamada had made an announcement about WMF, and everyone kind of took it as WMF is closing. WMF, this is the last show. That was the rumor. That was the talk. Like, hey, and we talked about it last episode. Um, you know, back in July, there was a show that just did horrible. They only announced a thousand fans, um, and they probably were lying about that. You know, they toured and were only announcing 100 or 200 fans, so they gave up on touring. Um they ran a different Iriaki show, which is an 1,800-seat building, and they announced 500. Just stuff like that where, like, obviously this promotion is losing money, bleeding money. Um, but they have a, you know, they Ganesuke got a sponsor that had a, uh, of a computer company that had a lot of money to back them up and everything. So they could afford to lose this money um, for, to a certain point. But now the – now um, – Yamada is going, wait, okay, it's been over a year, and I'm just seeing m money loss. That's all I'm seeing. And so, like I said, there's all this talk of w he's closing WMF, WMF is going down. Well, Yamada sends out a press release where he goes, I want to talk about what's being reported in the newspapers. It is a fact that February 11th may be WMF's last show. There is no performance past February 11th. The organizational management is very in a di very difficult place. Results have not been achieved in this uh, trial and error method. If the profit does not go up, uh, then WMF will no longer be in business. Results are everything. I wish the show on the 11th does well. I do not want this to be WMF's last show. We will do our best so that we can book another show after February 11th. Please lend your power, aka please come to the show. So, you know, this is just pretty much him going, uh, I'm I'm done losing money. Things are going to have to change. Um, you know, if things don't pretty much here's your here's the last Hail Mary. If you want WMF to stay the same status as it has been, which is um, a promotion that's able to run Corrigan Hall and is able to book, you know, a Satoshi Kojima or Masato Tanaka, someone, you know, a top a, a top name to main event Corrigan Hall, uh, bring in a Jinsei Shinsaki, you know, just a, a top name. And so this was the last chance for WMF to be able to be like a legitimate promotion. All right. So, okay. Um, so do you want to go over the show then? Yeah. So um, they end up running on uh, February 11th and they end up announcing 1500 fans. So it's probably, you know, around that uh, area of the Fuki army, which I mean, it's not horrible, but it's not good. And it's probably, you know, not what they were hoping. And they end up bringing in, um, you know, a big name for this show in Kinsuke uh, Sasaki to main event the show. But, um, some matches on this show, um, some undercard matches. 
the WMF Junior Heavyweight title, which I talked about last episode, that was the only title about the promotion ever created. Uh, Tomoya Hadashi had won the first uh, had won it, and then he ended up dropping it to Jintaro at a Kai and Tai Dojo show. Well, now Jintaro is um, defending it against Onryo. And um, they have, I mean, it's a, it's a good match. And um, Onryo ends up missing a 450 Firebird Splash. Uh, Jintaro ends up going for a super kick, um, and, but he misses it. And Onryo ends up putting a, uh, an Onryo clutch into Jintaro. But then eventually, um, you know, Jintaro kicks out. Well, then Onryo turns it into a 6-6 lock, which is going to be his new finisher, which is a cross face. Um, so Onryo wins the junior heavyweight title. Um, and um, that title will actually be brought back a couple years later but you know for the time being it's like oh Onryo's the last champion um then there's a match so Kanemura originally was supposed to be in the semi-main event um of the show against Garuda well uh you know because of the in, uh, illness and everything Kanemura being in the hospital he had actually gotten out in time but it was just kind of like no it's you don't you know we didn't know if he was going to be able to make it if he's up for it so Kanemura ends up just not appearing on this show as a result you know the lineup gets changed up a little and it's Seiji Akeda versus Garuda and it's actually a really good thing that Kanemura wasn't in this match because he probably would have beat the crap out of Garuda for being so uh, piss poor in this match. This is one of the worst matches. It's just, oh, I remember watching it and just like, oh my goodness, Garuda, what the hell has happened to you? And it might be, I mean, he had came back from injury, um, a neck injury back in um December, and he might have not have just been ready, but this is just a poor performance from Garuda. Um, Garuda ends up throwing, um, he ends up, he, well, trying for the worst Firebird splash ever. Like he misses the Firebird splash pretty much, and not not on purpose too. It wasn't like a Kata moved out of the way. He literally just it's looks. He does the Firebird splash, and it doesn't even look like it phases a Kata because of just how poor uh, of a landing he stuck uh, stuck it. And then he follows that up with probably the worst power bomb you've ever seen. Also, and then. Garuda, the finishing spot is Garuda throws Akeda into the ropes and Akeda lightly shoulder tackles him and Garuda just falls to the ground and then Akeda picks him up and hits a clothesline and gets the win. Like, that was just back-to-back-to-back to back to back horrible spots. And I remember just going, oh my goodness, Garuda. Like, you either are need to retire or you need to sit out for a lot longer because this was just a poor performance. And like I said, it's probably a good thing that it was against Akeda, who's a younger, a younger guy, than it would have been a Kanemura, who 10 years experience and, uh, you know, and... Uh, and you show that kind of crap offense against him. So this was just a horrible match. Um, and then the main event is Kinsuke Sasaki against Mr. Ganosuke. Um, you know, and by the way, this was this did air on Samurai, but it was only one of those one-hour uh, shows. So only like the top matches get shown. They don't show the undercard. And so. Um, you know, like I said, uh, Mr. Ganoske is in the main event instead of Mama Sasaki here with, you know, this being the possible last match of WMF. Um, you know, Ganoske booked himself in the main event instead of Mama Sasaki, the ace. And I think the thought was, OK, Mama just faced Tenru in December, lost to him. Um, we're not going to just go and just run a month and a half later with now Mammoth losing to Kinsuke Sasaki. Now instead it's going to be Ganosuke against Kinsuke Sasaki. Um, and Kinsuke Sasaki, you know, I mean, he's going to, res he respects Ganosuke more than Onita. Like, you know, G Sasaki, um, you know, going back to that 99 uh, exploding death match, he didn't even want to sell for Ganosuke, I mean, for Onita. But at least Ganosuke, you know, has a legitimate background as a wrestler. So Sasaki will sell for him, but. 
you know, it's not like he's going to lose to him or anything, but, you know, they go through a shop exchange where they just start slapping each chest. Um, this is the same year. Also the famous, um, I believe he has the famous Kinsuke Sasaki Kinta Kobashi match. So there, Kinsuke Sasaki was kind of in a, a shop exchange type, uh, you know, where, uh, it, it got over that. That was a real popular spot at the time. Um, Ganesuke ends up going low to, to end the chop exchange. Um, and then Ganesuke ends up debuting the new Scorpion Deathlock, uh, Deathlock uh, finisher. Um, Ganesuke was a big Ricky Choshu fan at the time, or actually, sorry, growing up. He was a, Ricky Choshu was Ganesuke's favorite wrestler, and so he idolized Ricky Choshu. And now, with Ken, you know, facing Kinsuke Sasaki being Choshu's student, he um, uses the Choshu death, uh, Scorpion Deathlock, um, and then, um, and, you know, he ends up, this is, like I said, the kind of beginning of Ganesuke would end up using more and more Choshu uh, offense as the years go by, um, but they end up brawling in the crowd, uh, Kinsuke Sasaki ends up hitting Ganesuke with the lariat in the crowd, um, they end up coming back to the ring, and Ganesuke's all bloody from the fight in the crowd, um, Ganesuke fights back, and he ends up ducking a clothesline from Sasaki, and he suplex um, Kinsuke Sasaki, um, but, uh, you know, and eventually Ganesuke would get a Ganesuke clutch on Sasaki. But the problem with, you know, Ganesuke or just any of the FNW guys is they're all smaller than Kinsuke Sasaki because Sasaki is just too bulky. So none of this, like, looks smooth or anything. When Ganesuke does the Ganesuke clutch, it's not like he can do it fast or anything. Um, but anyway, Kinsuke comes back and he hits a lariat on Ganesuke and he ends up finishing him off with a Northern Light suplex uh, to win. And like I said, you know, I mean, Kinsuke Sasaki was never going to lose to any FNW. FMW guy. If he wasn't going to lose to Onita uh, on Onita's first show in uh, New Japan, he was never going to lose to any other FMW guy. And, um, you know, he gave Ganesuke some offense, but, you know, he's going to win. And afterwards, Ganesuke and Kinsuke Sasaki hug. Um, all the WMF guys go to the ring um, and they all raise their hands together. And um, Ganesuke ends up uh, cutting a promo. Uh, Mammoth ends up cutting a promo. And then they hug uh, backstage. Or, sorry, they hug in the ring and everything. And then, you know, that might, is that the last WMF thing? You, you know, you're left to believe that this might be the last WMF um, show. Well, they do announce that um, that WMF is going to continue, but it's going to take six months off, and they're going to reconfigure everything. They're going to kind of see what financially they can do. Um, uh, the changes are going to need to be made after this show, and um, they show backstage Ganesuke, and he is blubbering. It is so sad. He's with Hayabusa, um, and, and Ganesuke is just crying just so much, you know, like, hey, this was his baby. This was something that he really thought, he, you know, this was going to be the new FMW. He was going to carry, you know, he wanted to promote. He left away from the Fuki guys and the WAW guys broke away from FMW to start this promotion to kind of bring, you know, to, for this to be the new FMW. And it just flopped. It just never caught on. It lost money. And now here we are a year and a half in, and now they're going to need to take six months off. And, um, you know, and like I said, Ganesuke is just blubbering, uh, just so sad and depressing. I've, I've never seen Ganesuke cry um, like this. Um, and then Hayabusa says some last words backstage, and um, this would actually be w, uh, Hayabusa's last ever WMF appearance. We'll go over here in a little while. Um, but they had they ended up cutting ties with Hayabusa, and it did not go over well uh, with Hayabusa. Um, now, I have one, one quick question, which is, were they, um, do you know if the wrestlers were getting paid at the end there? Yeah, uh, they. I mean, I've never heard anything about WF never paying. Um, so I would imagine that they got paid um, what they were expected. But I think that was the reason why um, 
uh, Yamada was like, all right, I'm done. You know, I can't pay this much anymore. Like we are not getting the profits back as a result. Um, you know, and like I said, he was, he was willing to bring in a Kinsuke Sasaki. He was willing to bring in a Tenru, a Tanaka, a Kojima, you know, to help spice these shows up. But hey, they're not, you know, because of bringing in these big names and they're not bringing in the fans that they, um, you know, they're not bringing in the money that, uh, that he's hoping, um, even with a Tenru or a Kojima with these big names. It's okay. That's going to, oh, and I've got one more question. When they started, towards the end, when they started using uh, more of the uh, the FMW hardcore talent, why did Kanemura never wrestle for them? No, he did. He came in um, in 2003 when they uh, started up... Um the prom- when they started up um, working together and everything, they brought in Kanemura for the November uh, 20th show. Uh, actually, uh, yeah, sorry, he brought him in, in July actually, and then he worked there. Um, you know, for the Corrigan, he worked the July show and he worked the Corrigan show uh, in November. So it was two shows, and like I said. Kanemura, what the deal was, was Kanemura was making so much more money. I mean, we I talked about last episode how Kanemura says it was like a million dollars. I can't imagine it was a million dollars. But, you know, he was pretty much saying, you know, Gonsuke only made $300. So, obviously, Kanemura, I would imagine, made, you know, at least three times more than Gonsuke. So, that's something that's kind of awkward where, wait, Gonsuke has more seniority or has about as much seniority as Kanemura. They're about the same level of stars and, you know, they were interchangeable in FMW as far as star power goes and um you know now kanemura and you know ganasuke splits away from the fuyuki group to start his own promotion hoping that it'll be bigger and everyone thinking it's going to be bigger than fuyuki's group and now here we are a year later and because of negotiations and everything ganasuke is making a lot less to appear on a fuyuki army show than kanemura is um you know kanemura is making good money and again it has to do with the um, the sponsor willing to pay that much money to bring in a Kanemura because they're thinking we needed somebody to help draw Kanemura's an FMW name. Maybe he can bring in the the old FMW guys that Gonosuke apparently is not. All right. And then, um, okay, so that's going to take us to a Fuki Army show on February 12th. So um, this show, again, draws 1,500 fans. Um, I don't think it's 15. This show did make tape, but this is kind of depressing show. Um, this is... You know, again, they announced 1500. I don't think it's 1500. It looks half empty. Um, you know, the card isn't that great by any means. So, um, but it's, it's this, I would imagine this is one of those shows where, like, ooh, this is probably one of the reasons why F- uh, Fuki's widow is going. I don't know if I want to keep promoting, you know, because I'm sure something like this where they're only running once a month and when they only draw 50, uh, announce 1500, they're probably losing money. But, Anyway, um, the opening match actually is Biomonster DNA coming back. They bring back the gimmick of Biomonster DNA. So Gasako Gashigawer, um, after um, in 2002 in WEW, getting a letter from his mother going, I don't want you to be a monster anymore. And he takes the monster helmet off and goes back to being Gasaku. Well, now it's just he's gone back as uh, Biomonster DNA. I think he had been um, wrestling small indies under Biomonster gimmick. Um, but anyway, so he defeats uh, Desaku uh, Shimoto in the opening match. Um and then there's a match, uh, Goemon, Onryo, and Mikami uh, taking on Takashi Sasaki, Jintaro, and uh, Tenomu Saku uh, Toba, who is a DDT like yeah boxing gimmick, kind of like Shinjuku Shark, um, where he's like a very light heavyweight uh, boxer gimmick. Um, but anyway, um, 
Andrio ends up getting the win over Chintaro with the double arm uh, suplex in this match. And then um, Mama Sasaki and Hito take on Ryuji Ito and uh, Miyawaki. Um, Ryuji Ito is the big Japan deathmatch heavyweight champion at this point. And like I said, Miyawaki is a Kaiendai Dojo, just a mid-carder guy that had been working the Apache Army at this point. Um and in uh, this match, um, Hito ends up pinning uh, Hito pins Ito after uh, hitting him with a barbed wire bat, and then he hits him with the pile driver. Um, and this is to set up Hito versus uh, Ito uh, for the Big Japan Deathmatch title in Big Japan at Corrigan Hall on April 29th. So that's why um, Hito's getting ta- a tag win over Ito. Um, and then in the uh, main event, it's uh, Kentaro Kanemura, Daisuke Sakamoto, and Takamichinoku against Tetsuhiro Kuroda, uh, Mr. Ganesuke, and Sanzuhiro Takaji. And so uh, they had already announced uh, for the March ni- the next show on March 19th, Shinya Hashimoto is going to main event, main event the show against the WWE guy uh, for the one-year anniversary of Koto Fuyuki's passing. And so this match is to determine who gets that match, Kanemura or Kuroda. So, you know, it's a six-man Kanemura's team and Kuroda's team. And like I said, whatever team wins, then that captain gets to face off against um, Hashimoto next month. And so, um, Ganosuke and Se- uh, Daisuke Sekimoto, probably this is like their first time ever uh, interacting with each other. Um, they're just chopping the crap out of each other. Uh, Ganosuke is no selling uh, Daisuke Sekimoto um, until Sekimoto will end up hitting a spear on Ganosuke. Uh, Ganosuke comes back and hits a hard lariat. Again, it's, you know, Sekimoto is a much, he's only about five years, uh, has about five years in the business at this point. Ganosuke is 13 years. So Ganosuke, you know, is going to have more, uh, going to be able to beat the crap out of Sekimoto more than Sekimoto is going to be able to beat the crap out of Ganesuke. Um, but anyway, Ganesuke would end up, um, hitting a fire thunder, uh, or setting up to hit a fire thunder. Um, but Sekimoto would end up getting out and, uh, out of the way, um, and then hitting a German suplex on Ganesuke. Um, but then Ganesuke ends up coming back and hitting a German suplex on Sekimoto. Um, Tetsuhiro Kuroda comes in and he ends up going up against Kanemura. And so, like I said, this is kind of the, um, who, um, you know, to kind of show who gets to fight uh, against Shinya Hashimoto. And uh, Kuroda ends up hitting a Shining Wizard um, and then a Lariat to finish off Ken Armura. Um, and then, so Kuroda is going to get the match against Shinya Hashimoto the following month. Um, and they actually end up letting, I guess there wasn't, an, they felt like there wasn't that many fans in the crowd that they actually start letting the fans in the ring. So a bunch of fans start coming into the ring uh, to celebrate with everyone as they do the uh, Team No Respect dance to end the show. But like I said, this was kind of an depressing looking show it did like i said made tape tape so that is one step above the january show but you know it's quiet none of these matches were necessarily over or got heat or anything like that it was just a show and fuki army running once a month they can't afford to just run just a show especially a show we're going to set up a corrigan hall show to set up another corrigan hall show you know, that just doesn't flaw. That just wasn't good booking. And, you know, I had mentioned last episode how Goito was such a great booker at the beginning, um, you know, having hot show after hot show and the zero one feud against the Apache. Well now, okay, that's over with. And it's kind of like, uh Oh, uh, what, what else can we do? And this is kind of like his, you know, okay, this plant, let's do, let's go with this. And right now it's not working. So going on, um, on uh, February 29th, Zero One, they ran their, their biggest show so far. They ran the Sumo Hall event. Uh, what was FMW's involvement and, uh, and the Apache Army store, uh, uh, feud? 
Well, I wanted to make mention before that show uh, that uh, Masato Tanaka actually turned on Shinjiro Otani. I made mention how Kanemura and um, t- uh, Kanemura and Tanaka uh, in the January 14th show, you know, had gone face to face, and it was like, what's this about? Are they teasing something? Well, yeah, it was because, like I said, Tanaka now is turning on the Zero uh, One team, and he's joining the uh, not joining the Apache Army, but now he's with the FMW guys and stuff, and he's feuding against Shinjiro Otani. But um, so um, and and Yoshihito Sasaki, who was a former FNW guy, also kind of sides uh, tags along with Tanaka. Um, but so for, as far as the FNW involvement, um, Kentaro Kanemura and Tetsuhiro Kuroda and Yoshihito Sasaki, um, they team up with Steve Carino and C.W. Anderson. So it's like this FNW ECW group. Um, to take on Nahiro uh, Hoshikawa, uh, Junkasai, Akashi Tiger, and Asamu uh, Namaguchi. Um, Yamaguchi, Namaguchi is like this young boy that I made mention last episode. Uh, Kanemura and the Apache Army just beat the crap out of, bloodied him um, because they got pissed off over the Zero One team beating them in October, and they just took this dojo boy that hadn't even debuted yet and just beat the crap and let him left him bloody. Well, so, you know, Namaguchi at this point is about three months into uh, his career. Well, Kenamura is going to welcome him to the business by sending him through a table right away into the match. Um, Takeiwa would end up powerbombing Kanemura through the table, uh, through a table. Um, Yoshihiro Sasaki would end up hitting a spear and then, um, Kuroto end up hitting a lariat on, um, Tiger Akashi for the win. I mean, this is like an opening match, so it's just kind of get to get all these guys on the show. Um, by no means is it great, but you know, it got every, everyone got their spots in and stuff. And then, um, then there's Masato Tanaka against the Gladiator, and so this is going to be their first match in four years, pretty much since the EC, since their last ECW match. Um, at this time, and so it's you know it's reuniting the feud with Masato uh, with uh, Gladiator coming in, and um, they b- end up brawling into the crowd right away, and um, they actually start going up to the second level of Sumo Hall. Well, Masato Tanaka ends up just dropping Tana- uh, Mike, Mike Awesome off the second level. He just falls down to the first level floor, and um, Masato Tanaka does a dive actually from the second floor onto uh, Mike Awesome um, off the second floor. And then um, they end up getting back into the ring and um, Mike Awesome ends up hitting an awesome bomb um, to the uh, on a table that's set up in the corner. Well, then Mike Awesome sets up two tables um, outside the ring and he's going to do the infamous, uh, you know, uh, awesome uh, awesome bomb off out of the ring through the table. Now, But now he's using two tables um, instead. And then and just like Heat Wave 98, uh, Masato Tanaka ends up escaping. Um, he ends up getting, you know, picking up uh, Mike Awesome um, for the Awesome Bomb, and he ends up throwing t- uh, Awesome through the table instead. Um, so they re- recreate the spot they did in FNW and ECW all the time. Um, and eventually, um, Mike Awesome gets, you know, they get back into the ring, and Tanaka hits a rolling elbow and gets the win. And it's this awkward finish because the fans start booing. Um, they were, it was just, this finish came out of nowhere and that's went 11 minutes and I guess they were expecting longer or something, but it's just this awkward, like, wait, that's it. And the fans boo. So there was a disappointment after this match, especially with just kind of all the hype of Masato Tanaka and Mike Awesome. They're going to go at it again. Well, you know, they did some of their best of spots, but you know, at this point, like I said, a couple episodes ago, Mike Awesome's not what he was health wise and he can do the best of spots, but you know, for an occasion like this, he definitely let the fans down because they were booing after. Afterwards. Um, wow. 
Okay. So, okay, uh, going forward, um, let's see. So one company that we haven't talked about that I'm really curious about was uh, Hustle. Now, Hustle ran a show at the Oklahoma Arena on March 7th. Um, we'll probably be talking about them quite a bit over over the next couple of years. Um, if you want to, if you want to let people know what was Hustle, what was the FMW involvement, and if you want to go over this show. So Hustle was a promotion started up by Dream Stage Entertainment, which was kind of the founder or the backer of Pride. And you know, I've talked about the last couple episodes how Pride has been this mega hit in Japan, making millions of dollars. Um, it's pretty much the reason, uh, main reason why wrestling in Jap- Japan had gone down and declined because everyone was going to MMA and Pride and. You know, shoot style wrestling and Pride was the number one company. In 2002, they had ran a stadium show where they announced over uh, either 90,000 or 100,000, I keep forgetting, um, back in August 2002. Like, they are this massive uh, moneymaker. And so now they're going to try their hands in wrestling make some money in wrestling. And so they get together, um, you know, they ran a show in January 1st um, at the Saitama Super Arena, and, you know, they bring in Goldberg, and they bring, you know, they get in the Zero One guys, and um, forgetting, you know, who else, but, you know, they're able to afford big-time names and big-time talent and everything. And like I said, so they work a deal with Zero One to kind of help them get some talent involved and everything. Well, because of the Zero One, um, you know, because Zero One working together with the Fuki group, well, we'll, the Fuki group ends up getting included in Hustle by the second show. And so... You know, um, for this show on March 7th at the Yokohama Arena, um, they have uh, Kentaro Kanemura, Masato Tanaka, and Tetsuhiro Kuroda against the Gladiator, Sabu, and Just Incredible. So it's an FMW-ECW match. And um, right away, uh, Gladiator, Mike Awesome, hits an awesome bomb on Kanemura off the apron through uh, tables, and neither of the tables break. So this is awkward spot where he sends him through a table, but Kenimer ends up just sliding off the two tables off the stage, pretty much. Um, and then Sabu ends up doing a diving leg drop off um, the top rope, sending uh, Masato Tanaka through a table. Um, Kintaro Kenimura would end up getting his revenge on Gladiator for that table spot earlier, and he ends up uh, s- sending uh, Gladiator through a table off the top rope to the outside. Um, Sabu would end up doing an Arabian press uh, with the chair to Kanemar's face, um, and then Awesome would end up hitting an Awesome Bomb off the top rope, and um, Sabu would end up doing a dive over the guardrail on Kuroda, um, and then eventually Kanemura would end up getting a win over uh, Just Incredible. He would end up hitting him with a cane, and and then actually Masato Tanaka would end up hitting a rolling elbow over Credible. So the F&W guys end up getting the win over the ECW guys. Um, and like I said, you know, Hustle has so much money, so everyone's making big time bucks. Just you know, they're bringing Mike Austin's coming to Japan um, for Hustle, and you know he'll take that zero one booking while he's there. But he's coming for Hustle. Sabu, he's coming in for Hustle. Just incredible, and you know they're coming in because of all this money they're making, um, big time. You know, hundred thousand dollars for a show, just insane money. Um, because of Hustle is just like we got money and we're willing to spend it, and that's what Hustle did at the beginning. They spent money to do what you know to try and bring in everybody. Yeah, and they want to bring in, you know, uh, the the uh, the Dudley boys, and this is when Devon got really jacked. I mean, Hustle was fun to watch for quite a while. Yeah. So, um, okay, so that's going to go up to the Fuki Army show on March 19th. 
So um, I, before I mention, I wanted to uh, before I talk about the show, I just wanted to make mention that Shinya Hashimoto. Um, he also on that Sumo Hall show, uh, the Zero One show, he had injured his shoulder in a match against Ricky Choshu in the main event. And his shoulder is busted up bad. Like he needs to tape it up and everything. He's actually goes to see a doctor about it. And the doctor says, you need to take a year off. Like you need surgery. It's that bad. And Hashimoto goes, I don't want to take that time off. Um, you know, I really want to appear on the Fuki show. I made promise that I'm going to appear on the show. I'm the big draw. So Hashimoto tapes up his shoulder um, to have this match against Tetsuhiro Kuroda. Um, and then also on that day, on February 29th, and the the Fuki show, you know, this airs on TV, and they actually show um, Hashimoto visiting Fuki's grave on February 29th. Just um, and Fuki's. Um, uh, tombstone has Fuki like uh, you know usually there's the standard uh, you know just tombstone the name and everything and you know I may mention how Shoshi Arai he included the FMW logo on his um, tombstone well Fuki his tombstone is Fuki on it like he has uh, it's his back towards the tombstone pretty much with his arms uh, spread out and he's wearing the Fuki purple jacket and so you know, Japan, or at least the Japanese, uh, the FMW wrestlers, they all went all out on their tombstones. But um, uh, anyway, so to start the show, um, you know, everyone's quiet and everything, and they bring out a Kodo Fuyuki size cutout into the ring. And all the fans start coming and presenting flowers um, in the ring, um, you know, in memory of Kodo Fuyuki. It's been one year since he passed away. And then, you know, they show um, Shinya Hashimoto, Ghetto coming to the ring, uh, Kodo Fuyuki's wife and kids. They present yellow flowers into the ring. Uh, Kodo Fuyuki's wife ends up uh, putting the, getting into the ring, and he, she puts on uh, Kodo Fuyuki's purple robe on the cutout, and she gets on the mic, you know, thanking fans and everything for coming to the show and um i mean this show announced 1800 so there was definitely a spike in attendance for this show it did you know it did a lot better than the depressing uh 1500 this place it's not packed but it's um you know it's filled up so it's it's decent it's healthy this was a good show for um fuki army um on the show, uh, Mama Sasaki takes on Chakoba Mukai, and um, the reason I, I mention about this match because it's it's one of the undercard matches. Um, uh, is actually I watched this match with Chakoba Mukai um, a couple years ago, about seven years ago. I went to his bar, and you know he knew uh, I'm just talking to him. He could tell I was an FMW fan, and so he goes, "Here, let me put on an FMW." Uh, show for you and so he puts this dvd in and it's against him versus mama sasaki and i go oh well this wasn't this is an fmw this is fuki army and he's like oh really like he couldn't even tell the difference of what company that he was working for he just thought oh i'm taking on mammoth this is an fmw show i guess so i I'd always kind of i thought that was always kind of funny that he um Confuse the two promotions even, but um, Chocoball ends up in, in this match. He um, he does a dive outside the ring and um, you know on Mammoth. He's trying everything he can to put away the bigger Mammoth, and he does the Samson clutch. You know Fuki's finish on um, trying to roll Mammoth up, but Mammoth would end up finishing him off with the 29 years old. And um, we'll go over here in a second, but uh, Chocoball Mukai would end up being out of action for a while um, after this. Um, one of the mat, uh, one of the mid card matches is uh, Mr. Ganosuke, uh, Goemon, Masio Orohara, and Miyawaki. Um, they take on Takashi Sasaki, Jintaro, uh, Garuda, and uh, Gasaku. And um, Ganosuke and Garuda go, start going right at it with each other. Um, you know the WMF guys. 
Uh, Garuda ends up doing a tope on Ganosuke. Um, Orohara and um, Takashi Sasaki, they're brawling all over the place. Um, Ganosuke and uh, Masio Orohara, um, you know, they get it back into the ring and um, they end up doing a uh, praying powerbomb on Takashi Sasaki. Uh, well, Gasaku ends up coming in and he ends up hitting a choke slam on Ganosuke. Um, and then Garuda actually goes for the. Um, you know, Gosako does the choke slam. Garuda sets up for the 450 Firebird Splash, which looks a lot better than it did a month ago. He hit, he it wasn't the worst Firebird Splash I've ever seen. Um, but he makes a cover on Gonsuke. Going on ends up making a save, um, hitting him with the chair. Um, you know, eventually uh, Gasaku would end up being left in the uh, ring alone with Ganosuke, and that's no, I mean, Gasaku just nowhere near uh, the level of wrestler that Ganosuke is, and they let it be known because Ganosuke finishes them off fast with a lariat um, and picks up the win. So the Ganosuke, Goemon, Orihara, and Miyawaki team uh, win, but they would end up all brawling afterwards. And then, um, Andrea would end up taking on Takamichi Noku. Um, you know, it, I mean, this is okay. To get, all these matches, nothing really is like, oh my goodness, this is such this awesome match, really. Um, I mean, for almost majority of this year, um, you know, everything's good, to, but nothing is like standing out. It's like, oh my goodness, this was a great match. Which FNW for all the faults and everything at the end, the booking, the storylines and stuff. There were some awesome great matches, and you know, and they still there were some great matches in WEW and WMF. But around this time period, the like the level of just like wow, this is like a four and a half star match or something like that. It's you know these it just it doesn't happen anymore for some reason. Um, but anyway, so Anrio um, and Takamichinoku. Um, Taka would try for an acai moonsault, uh, but Anrio ended up grabbing his leg um, and throwing him off the uh, apron. And then Anrio gets in, in back in the ring and hits a, a tope con hilo. Um, and then eventually Anrio would end up hitting a flying drop kick and he delivers a falcon arrow, um, but can't put Taka away. And then uh, eventually uh, Taka would end up hitting a super kick and making um, Anrio tap out to the cross face. Um, and then in the semi-main event, it's the all-Asian tag titles. I mean, mentioned, you know, Kojima and um, Kazuhaya Hayashi had won the all-Asian tag titles back in January. Well, now they're going to defend the uh, titles against Kanemura and Hido, um, the great Kosuke and Shiru, um, the masked uh, Kojima and Hayashi. Well, th around this match... The crowd is so alive and so into it. The crowd is so hot. Like, you know, I talked about February and how it was kind of depressing and quiet and kind of empty. And, I, you know, this show, it wasn't, you know, sold out, but it's, you know, it's it's a healthy crowd. And, and when this match happens, it's hot. Kojima... Um, ends up doing a spine buster on uh, a, and, and the crowd is just booing him right away. Loud, passionate booing. Like, this fan base is f so passionate for this show. Um, Kenemura would end up quickly unmasking uh, Kosuke to obviously reveal Kojima. Um, and so Kenemura and Kojima end up start brawling um, outside the ring as Hito tries to unmask Shiru. Well, Kenemura and you know Kojima are brawling all over around all over the uh, you know outside and stuff. Well, Kenemura ends up blooding up Kojima, and then eventually uh, smashing a table into uh, Kojima's crotch, and he does um, you know where he takes a chair and smashes the table into Kojima's uh, crotch in the corner, um, and then uh, Kenemura would end up setting a table up in the uh, turnbuckle, and he picks up uh, Shiru um, to try and like do the suplex. Um, off the table, through another table, a spot that he'd been doing a lot over the last year. Well, he 
throws, you know, he suplexes Hayashi and the table does not break at all. Um, around this time period, Kojima now is like that cut is all over his face. He's bleeding uh, completely over uh, all over his face. And um, Hito tries to come in and um, he ends up missing a moonsault on Kojima to interfere. Uh, Shiru would end up uh, suplexing Hito and then Kojima ends up lairding, lair hitting a lariat on Hito um, for the win. And the crowd is just booing so loudly uh, that the all the all Japan team is won. They wanted so badly that the all uh, the Fuki Army team to win the Apache Army, but you know I don't know. Just th this show at least was kind of back to what September and October were, and even more so with how passionate the fan base was, um, how much they wanted the Apache Army to win. And then in the main event. Um, you know, they do this video package beforehand uh, with Kuroda. And it's really awesome because they show Kuroda backstage about to enter the ring or sorry, about to come out to the, um, into Corrigan Hall. And they are chanting Kuroda so loudly and passionately. It's so awesome because, like, I, I don't think Kuroda's ever been more over than this night because of just how badly the fans wanted the WEW, Fuki Army, Apache Army guys to win, you know, um, but so they are so into this right away. Um, you know, uh, Kuroda comes out and they chant so loud to his theme song. Um, anyway, the match is obviously against Shin Hashimoto. And like I said, his shoulder is completely covered up at this point. Um, Kuroda and him end up um, brawling, Hashimoto brawl into the crowd. Uh, Kuroda does his lariat run in the crowd. Um, but he ends up getting met with a, a Shin Hashimoto kick. Um, eventually, Kuroda would end up hitting the lariat on um, Hashimoto. And then um, Kuroda ends up hitting this lariat. And then he does this Tekken Buster. And the crowd is so loud. They chant, like, because Kuroda would always go Tekken Cutter. Sorry, his Tekken Cutter. Kuroda would always do the Tekken Cutter chant when he would do this move, which is like uh, dropping the guy's face in the corner uh, at the turnbuckle. And the crowd is just so loud and passionate. Um, I just, I don't know. Like I said, this is more, this is probably more passionate than anything post like Onita at this point because of just how much the fans are so into this. Um, anyway, um, Hashimoto and, you know, Kuroda, they're, um, they end up doing this spot where, um, and Kuroda is trying for um, a lariat. He does this lariat, but uh, you know, he hits his lariat on Hashimoto, and they show a close-up of Shinya Hashimoto's face waiting for us. And it's really awesome because um, you just see like Hashimoto waiting for the impact. But um, Hashimoto would end up doing a kick that sends Kuroda so – kicks him so hard that Kuroda ends up just flying across the ring pretty much. And then eventually Hashimoto would end up picking up Kuroda and hitting a jumping DDT um, for the win. Um, so like I said, it, I mean this isn't by any means like this awesome match because of what was going on in the ring. But because of how passionate the crowd is, this is probably like the top match of 2004 in this in this world of the FNW guys because of how passionate um, the crowd was. Um, um, but anyway, so uh, the Apache Army afterwards, they come to the ring. Kiryu uh, Fuyuki uh, joins them. Um, they bring back the Fuyuki cutouts. Um, and then um, Fuyuki, uh, Kiryu Fuyuki does the speech to the fans. And they're, everybody's chanting for Fuyuki, uh, loud Fuyuki chants. And um, she announces that there's going to be a Kawasaki Stadium show on May 5th um, for the Fuyuki Army. And... 
Um, then at the end, everyone does the team no respect dance, and um, they pick up Fuki's daughter. Saku and Camera pick up um, Fuki's daughters and put their um, put them on their shoulders, and um, everyone's doing the team no respect dance. And then Koto Fuki's music plays. Um, pretty much like one I guess one last time or at Corrigan Hall and they end up all walking out and the Fuki cutout is left in the ring as the show ends so this was a really cool show like I said nothing like oh my goodness this was a great match but two really hot matches that made this show really worthwhile to check out and I mean this show is not really remembered by any means but this crowd should always be remembered because nothing was ever this hot afterwards or before all right. So, okay. Uh, next up now, in April, there was a couple incidents where Chuckabai, uh, I'm sorry, Chuckabal Mukai was arrested. Um, what happened with this? So the first time he got arrested was on March 25th. Um, so this was like six days after the Corrigan Hall show. He actually got arrested for a public obscenity. What happened was he filmed, a, you know, he was still doing porn um, at this time. And what he did was, you know, he had, he had stopped doing it for a while during FNW, but after FNW closed, or went his full-time job, and okay, he'll do the Fuki Army and wrestle once a month, and hey, he was even doing battle art stuff, and um, uh, um, so, but anyway, so he got back into porn, um, doing porn regularly to make a living, and so he, uh, a bartender, pretty much, in Shinjuku, was like, hey, film, a film this porno at my place. You can, you know, come on, do, you know, I'll pay you money. So he he does that well you know he him and this other actress uh emmy kuroda um they're they're doing a porno for this guy in his in his bar pretty much and people are at this bar and next thing you know these people are in, just drinking and they see these people having sex well they call the cops the cops come by and they go what's going you know what's what what the hell's going on well there's no paperwork. No paperwork was filed, so they end up getting arrested as a result. And um, Chakobal Mukai would end up spending 27 days in jail as a result because of no paperwork was ever filed. Um, you know, you just can't be having sex in a bar in public and with people watching and stuff and be filming filming it for a porn. Um, but anyway, like I said, so he spent 27 days in jail, and um, IWA Japan uh, President Asano would actually end up bailing him out. Um, it would the bail was actually forty thousand dollars, and so Mukai would end up getting out. But he, I mean, he missed the next uh, the next month's show at Fuki Army as a result because of being in jail. Uh, bunch of narcs at that bar. <laughs> All right. Well. I'll go over here in a second. Also, it's even more. Um, it's what's even crappier is, like I said, the guy wanted him. You know, hey, you know, come to my bar. It wasn't like because the cops were led to leave. Oh, they just decided to do a porn, you know, with no one knowing. But the bartender was the one going, hey, come to my bar and let's film it. So he actually set them up and screwed them over. Wow. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, so let's see. The next show is going to be Fuki Army on uh, April eighth. So um, this show would end up doing um, an announced crowd of 1,600, so it's a little bit better than um, you know what the 1,500 shows have been doing. The, the January and February is a little better. Um, it's a little healthier. Just I mean, it made TV. It's, it's by no means empty, but it's not what March was. Um, 
And so they announced 1,600 fans. Uh, Shinjuku Shark would end up replacing Chakobo Mukai for this show against Yuki Ishikawa. I talked about last episode how Chakobo and Ishikawa kind of had formed this rivalry friendship, you know, student-teacher um, relationship because Chakobo was really kind of trying to embrace the battle art style. He wanted to, you know, he had a kind of a shoot fight uh, kick kicking a kickboxing style background he kind of wanted to use that in his matches well yuki ishikawa is like the master of the mixed martial arts wrestling kind of shoot style mat, uh, style wrestling training uh, but anyway so Shinjuku Shark, who's just this, you know, skinny boxer guy um, from FMW, he replaced him, and this match is just nothing. It's quiet, and Yushiki Ishikawa ends up defeating him in like seven minutes. Um, Mr. Ganosuke ends up taking a, 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 on a, a, well, Mr. Ganosuke takes on Jintaro. So this match is kind of promoted as like, hey, it's a it's a mid card match, but this is gonna be a good match. You got two guys. Ganosuke is still a really good worker. Jintaro is the prime of his career as far as what he's willing to do, and um, you know he's had some couple years of being a great worker. Um, you know, and Jintaro obviously is taken is he's his, he's got his look from Bret Hart and he's got his offense from Shawn Michaels. But um, so Jintaro right away meets Ganesuke with a kick right to the face before the match even starts, and then he does a plancha um, outside the ring. Um, the finishing sequence is. Um, uh, Jintaro is going to set up for the flying elbow drop, you know, like I said, like Shawn, Shawn Michaels move. And then, um, he, you know, he does the flying elbow drop and then he's setting up for the sweet chin music, um, on Ganesuke. And then, um, he goes up for a shooting star press. Well, uh, he ends up missing it and Ganesuke ends up hitting a lariat and then finishing Jintaro off with a fire thunder, uh, to get the win. And then um, uh, the semi-main event is uh, Takamichi Noku and Hito against Ryuji Ito and Daisuke Sekimoto. Um, this is a you know Big Japan versus Apache match. It's actually a tables match. Um, and again, like I said, uh, Hito at the end of the month he's going to challenge for the Big Japan um, Deathmatch title. Well, Ryuji Ito ends up using a barbed wire bat, and he cuts open Hito right away. Um, so Hito's bleeding during this match. Uh, Hito tries to pile drive uh, Sekimoto through the table, but um, Ito ends up coming off the top rope to make the save. Um, you know, like I said, you pile drive the guy through the table, you win. Um, Ryuji Ito would end up setting up Hito for a dragon splash um, through the table, but Hito ends up moving off the table to save himself, and then eventually Hito would set up Ito um, for a pile driver and Takamichinoku would come off the top to spike Ito through the table with the pile driver. So um, Ito, or so Hito and Takamichinoku would win. And again, this is just to continue. They didn't want Ito to lose to be pinned again by Hito, but they want they didn't you know they wanted to continue to set up uh, the Big Japan Deathmatch title match uh, in April. And then in the main event, it's Kentaro Kanemura, Jado, and Ghetto against Tetsuhiro Kuroda. So it's going to be a handicap match. And this is really just like to establish, okay, it's kind of going back to what WEW was doing where Kuroda's the face, Kanemura's the heel. They're, they're splitting up the group because, okay, we can only have them team up so much and we need them to fight again. And just with such a thin roster, not only a thin roster, but just like with the main event guys, um, 
you know, you just can only do so much. And, you know, you talked about Ganesuke. Well, yeah, you could probably have Ganesuke, but Ganesuke doesn't want to just come in to job to Kuroda, you know, in a match, you know, in a match. And he's like the only other top main event guy that you could like really main event with and stuff. It's Kuroda, Ganesuke and, and Kanemura. And like I said, Ganesuke is not going to want to just come in just to job to Kuroda or anything. So you can't even really use Ganesuke at this point in a main event situation. So all you can really do is Kuroda and Kanemura. Well, you don't want to just do Kanemura and Kuroda again. So let's just set it, you know, and have Kuroda lose uh, after losing to Hashimoto and he's got some momentum. So let's make this a handicap match where you add in Jado and Ghetto. I mean, there really was no explanation. It wasn't like a punishment or anything on why this was a handicap match. But um, um anyway, right away, uh, Kanemura brings Kuroda into the crowd and um, he charges at Kuroda, but um, Kuroda ends up hitting him with the Lariat instead. Uh, Jado and Ghetto pretty much control most of this match, just beating on uh, Kuroda uh, for majority of it before uh, Goito, you know, the Apache Army manager who's been helping them out uh, throughout this time. And you think, you know, he's with Kanemura. He's been helping Kanemura out against the Zero One guys all these months and uh, interfering for him. Well, he comes to the ring and Kanemura lays Kuroda down and like it looks like Goito is going to hit the frog splash on Kuroda, but instead Goito comes off the top rope and he hits a drop kick on Kanemura. So it's like Goito has now turned on Kanemura. He's siding with Kuroda on the face, you know, with the faces and stuff. Even it's this blur, blurry line also between face and heel. Cause a month ago, the crowd was also passionately cheering for Kanemura, but again, it was just such a thin roster. This is what they feel like they got to do. Anyway, Ghetto ends up grabbing um, Goito for turning on him, and um, Jado ends up hitting a lariat on Goito to sit and get him out of that match. Um, and then um, Kuroda, he would actually, you know, almost get the win with the Samson clutch, um, but eventually, um, you know, they end up laying Kuroda out. Uh, they would end up hitting a super power bomb on Kuroda. Uh, Ghetto would hit a Ghetto splash, you know, frog splash on Kuroda, and then eventually um, Kanemura would end up uh, hitting the Sinton splash on Kuroda. And so Kanemura, Jado, and Ghetto would end up getting the win. Um, and afterwards, Kuroda cuts a promo. And so, you know, this wasn't again. This was. Not bad, but it wasn't what the Fuki Army needed. This is, you know, the quality of the matches aren't anything great. Um, you know, it's just a far cry from what September, October, December, those hot shows were. And even last month where, you know, like I said, the matches weren't that great, but the crowd was so hot. And again, we're just kind of going back to, okay, this is just a normal show, a normal, this is just an indie show pretty much with okay crowd and okay heat, nothing special or anything like that. And I, like I said, Fuki Army at this point needs to be special. So the next news piece is uh, Ryuji Ito and Nikon Lee got married around this time. Yeah, so um, Occupation of Indies, which was a show, a highlight show, which still airs today in Samurai. Um, it had been on the air for about a year and a half or so. Um, they came up to um, Nikon Lee, and they were like, we want to do this interview special on the fact that you're engaged with Ryuji Ito. Um, and so they're doing an interview with her um, outside um, when, I think it's outside, like, the Big Japan Dojo. And, you know, that that was the th- kind of going to be the piece where, hey, they met at the Big Japan Dojo and they fell in love and now they're engaged and everything. Well, uh, Nikon Lee's doing the interview when Abdullah Kobayashi comes up from behind and she he ends up putting a blindfold over uh, Nikon Lee's face. 
and he takes her and he begins walking her to the car. And they end up driving her with a blindfold on to a dress store. And so they take her to the dress store. They're walking her you know, into the store and everything. And Ryuji Ito is there and he's got his, his tuxedo on. And Ito removes the uh, blindfold and shows that they're at a wedding store. And he goes, you know, I want you to pick your wedding dress now. We're getting married right now. And so she's like, starts crying and everything. And she picks her dress out and, um, you know, they're going to get married today. And um, they end up actually, well, she picks her dress out and they're taking pictures and stuff. And then the big Japan staff comes out and it's Deco uh, Kubo, Binkei, Shadow WX, Daisuke Sakamoto, um, Jackie N- Numasawa, um, Tetsumasa Inoue, and Eiji uh, Tasaka, the big Japan president. They all come out and they don't actually show the wedding or anything, but they show, you know, hey, right, pri- like they got married. Um, on, on, Nikon Lee didn't even know she was getting married that day, type thing. <laughs> it's a really cool scene. Like I said, you see, you can see Nikon Lee crying throughout and they take group pictures together also. I always thought it was so, um, it, it had to have been hard to ref his matches and seeing all the punishment he took. Yeah, because um, even like in that package, the video package, like they show, um, you know, he's in these bloody matches, like almost, you know, like right after they're married and stuff. And, you know, she's the one counting the three, you know, for him and against him and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if you heard, but actually uh, Yoshihisa Uto just married uh, Risa. And, you know, they're a deathmatch couple, so they're... Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> well, they just announced it today. Apparently, they got married on the 31st, and they just announced it. So, anyway. Okay, so um, okay, so that's going to take us to... Uh, we haven't talked much about them, uh, so that's going to take us to World Japan. This is kind of... Uh, this is a company that Onita was working for for a little while. Uh, what happened here? Yeah, so... Um... Ricky Toshu, we talked about it 2003, early 2003, a big financial backer had came in and was willing to spend a lot of money for, um, you know, they brought in the Road Warriors. And this was going to be Ricky Toshu, who had just left New Japan. His his promotion, you know, he's a big draw. He's a big name. Him being the big star, obviously, that's going to draw attention and draw fans and be a big hit. Well, it wasn't. The shows were were horrible. Um, the, the, it was losing money. Um, so at this point, the promotion has completely downsized to where you know they're not going to run Yokohama Arena anymore. Um, they're going to run, uh, you know, Cor- they'll run Corian every so often. It's kind of like an in- it's pretty much just an independent promotion at this point. And they, uh, Kanemura, at this point, you know. Zero one like that feud's just kind of over with at this point. You know, Tanaka even is joined. Uh, the Kanemura group and, and, and everything. So you can't even really feud with Zero One. And it's it's just this feud that's overdone. Well, the whole point of Apache Army was we're going to feud against the big promotions. Well, like I said, World Japan was still kind of known, like was pretty much an indie at this point, but it still has, I mean, just a year ago, it was running Yokohama Arena, still running big shows. And, you know, it has Riki Choshu as the main guy. So there's, you can't, when you think Riki Choshu, you don't think independent wrestler, um, especially in 2004. So it still had its kind of a name value. So the Apache Army has kind of declared that they're going to go to war against World Japan now going forward. They're going to work a program against uh, Riki Choshu. So on April 25th at the World Japan show at the Yokohama Red Brick Warehouse, uh, Kanemura takes on Takashi U- Uwano, who was... Um, 
pretty much a jobber in world Japan. Um, I think he'd been around a couple years, but by no means was he any name value or anything like that. And Kanemura just ends up bloodying up Wano right away and just pins him pretty much in a squash. He pins him with the Thunderfire Powerbomb, um, and he's just beating the crap out of Wano afterwards. Well, Ichiro Yaguchi, who was working world Japan at this time, he comes in and starts going after Kanemura to try and break him off of beating up Wano. Well, then Tomohiro Ishii comes in, and he attacks the he attacks Kanemura, and then all the Apache Army wrestlers come into the ring, and they all make the save for Kanemura. It was this big brawl and everything, and Kanemura gets on the mic and goes, I want Ricky Choshi for May 5th at the Kawasaki Stadium. So that's supposed to set up Kanemura and Choshu at Kawasaki Stadium. Um, we'll go over here in a second. Obviously, there's some politics involved in this match and just issues, but that's you know right now that's the plan is Kanemura's going to uh, and Apache Army, they're going to work with World Japan and Ricky Choshu. Now, um, one thing that, uh, so coming up uh, is going to be, Fuki Army is going to carry on the May 5th Kawasaki uh, uh, show legacy that FMW started. Um, at this moment, what is the card for that May 5th show? Yeah, so there's big time issues all the way around. So originally, it was booked as uh, Kanemura and Hito against Shinya Hashimoto and Riki Choshu. And, you know, okay, like, those are two big names, you know, and I mean, I remember when I saw that card, like, okay, I mean, I guess that could, that'll draw somewhat, you know, two big names against Kanemura, you know, but obviously, like, they're going to get squashed, like, who's even going to take the offense here? Uh, and then... You know, and this is just a couple days prior. Like this was a, a, a this card was announced very late. So then, like the next day or two, it's announced that Shinya Hashimoto goes, uh, "I'm dropping out. I'm not. I, my shoulders bu busted up. I can't. I can't wrestle. I'm not going to be on the show." Well, then it's like, "Oh crap! What you know? What are we going to do?" Um, you know, uh, and so afterwards, then um, they announced that Satoshi Kojima versus Tetsuhiro Kuroda is going to main event the show. Hey, at least let's end the show with a good match, which I'm sure, you know, it, it was a good match, but by no means, I mean, I remember at the time, like, this can't main event Kawasaki Stadium. This this match has already happened, like, you know, at, at, at like, an 1,800-seat building, you know, and wasn't even the main event. Like, at a, uh, in Osaka, uh, the Osaka Preferential Gym number 2. Like, and it didn't even main event. So how is this going to main event Kawasaki Stadium? Like, this show is going to bomb with that. And they kind of realized that. And so what they ended up doing was, um, you know, they announced, they switched the main event again to Kanemura and um, Hito against... Um, against uh, Riki Choshu and Tomohiro Ishii. So it's going to be the Apache versus World Japan. That's going to be the main event. Uh, Satoshi Kojima versus Tetsuhiro Kuroda. That's going to be the semi-main event. And then they got Shin Hashimoto to agree to be a part of the show. Uh, he wasn't going to be in the main event. He was going to take on Mama Sasaki instead, third from the top, where he wasn't going to be pressured to like put on this great performance in a big stadium or anything like that. So the card was just switched all around. And even at the end of the day, like that's not this great show. Like that's not this great headlining show that's gonna you know sell out Kawasaki Stadium. Um, you know, I mean, Kawasaki Stadium probably can fit twenty thousand people. It's you know, it it it's a huge area, um, and this lineup is not is looking pretty weak going into May fifth. When and on top of that, you're, they're not even putting any money in towards exploding barbed wire or anything. Like this is gonna be just a straight match. Um, you know, I, they did that on May uh, 5th, 2002, you know, but at least they had Onita and they had, um, they had, um, 
is Onita and Sasuke against Hashimoto and Otani. At least, like, that's some, like, dream match. This isn't a dream match. And the attendance would um, would be hurt as a result. All right. Going on, um, IWA ran a show. We haven't done a show for them in a while. Uh, they ran a show on May 4th. So, yeah, I wanted to talk about the IWA Japan show because, um, they ran, you know, they're back to running Corrigan Hall every so often. And around this time period, um, you know, Asano is in charge and, um, you know, he's bringing in a bunch of the old um, American wrestlers uh, around this time period. Um, you know, Jim Duggan was on this, uh, Road Warrior Animal, uh, Kamala, um, Mike Rotundo's on this show. So, this match, uh, they have Chocobo Mukai versus Nosomi uh, Takasako. That's a, fe- a very small female wrestler. Um, Chocobo now is he has his loyalty to Asano. Asano bailed him out of jail just a little while ago, a couple of days ago. So he's going to work for IWA Japan. Like he's under, he completely is loyal to him at this point and would pretty much. Um, you know, the Fuki show is going to be the next day, but afterwards he's pretty much done with Fuki Army after that. Um, but he's now going to work IW Japan. So he has this match against um, this female wrestler, and Kamala ends up running in, interfering against Choco Ball, and um, uh, he ends up doing a splash on Choco Ball um, as well. Choco Ball's doing a uh, Boston Crab on her, and Kamala interferes, and he ends up doing a splash on him. Um, and so she would end up rolling up Choco Ball for the win. So. You know, uh, I guess this is one of those, hey, I just gave you $40,000. You're putting over uh, my talent, which, like I said, uh, pro- uh, a girl that was probably less than five feet tall. But um, the main event is uh, Barry Windham, Mike Rotundo, and Ryo Miyaki against um, Animal, Jim Duggan, and Kaizo Matsuda. So there's two uh, two IWA Japan guys and four foreigners. Uh, this was Mike Rotundo's retirement match. He would um, end up pinning uh, Jim Duggan in, like, the worst roll-up you've ever seen um, for the win. He did end up doing a retirement speech and like i said they would keep bringing in the um, american talent here for like the next year or so um you know but this was again just to kind of uh choco ball is now a part of the iwa japan promotion all right and that's going to take us to the big may 5th kawasaki stadium show that's going to be run by fuki army so um i may mention how um the, you know, just the lineup was changed completely all the time, um, you know, days prior to that. Well, on top of everything, the weather is horrible. It had been raining in Kawasaki the entire day. Um, and, I mean, it did stop by the evening, but now it's chilly. It's 40-something degrees. Um it's everyone's in jackets, everyone's in uh, coats and, and huddled up and stuff. It's cold. It's been raining all day. So that killed any probably wa- any possibility of a walk up. So now you um, as a result, they ended up announcing eight thousand two hundred fifty fans. And now, again, last year they announced eighteen thousand. Um, and they didn't, it wasn't a sellout either. So this, like I said, this probably fills out 20,000 people and they drew, you know, I mean, probably less than 8,000 really. Um, but there are rows and rows of empty chairs like that. This is not a show ready for Kawasaki stadium. And just for whatever reason, the Apache army just did not, you know, and Goito is a great booker and Kanemura. Um, I have faith in him to, you know, to be, you know, to do a good job. And this, show just wasn't what the fans wanted to see on May 5th. Um, 
the uh, theme really for this show was FNW versus New Japan. Going back to September 23rd, 1991, FNW ran the very first Kawasaki Stadium show. Well, they went head-to-head up against the Yokohama Arena uh, show that or, that New Japan ran. And, you know, FNW drew over 30,000 for Onita versus Goto. So it was kind of like, hey, look, even against competition, you know, FNW, this small little indie, can draw. And so... The theme of this is just a bunch of New Japan versus um, FNW guys. Um, pretty much the top matches or so. Um, but anyway, um, uh, Sabu is in uh, Japan at this time period. He's going to work the Hustle Show in the next couple days. So they bring him in. Uh, he takes on Junkasai. And Junkasai does a drop kick off the top rope while placing Sabu on a chair. Um, Kasai would end up uh, getting a barbed wire bat and setting it on fire. Uh, but... As he goes to swing it, Sabu ends up moving out of the way, and he ends up getting the bat, and he hits uh, Kasai with it, with you know, and obviously like the the uh, bat having just been on fire, it burns him. Uh, Sabu ends up doing a, di- a diving uh, leg drop, sending Kasai through the table. It's actually an awesome spot. Uh, how far Sabu's able to still jump off the top rope, um, and then Sabu ends up tossing a chair at uh, Kasai's head, just throwing it right in his face pretty much. And then um, at the top, he tosses him um, at a, uh, uh, he ends up putting a barbed wire bat on him and then hits a moonsault uh, to end up getting the win over uh, Junkasai. And I mean, Junkasai obviously probably still wouldn't put over, or probably still wouldn't beat Sabu in a match today. But back then, I mean, he still was still considered kind of a young boy, especially compared to Sabu. But I'm sure this was a dream match for him to take on Sabu, who's, you know, at a legend status at this point. Um, and like I said, um, you know, there's the FMW versus New Japan theme, um, and that's uh, first match is Kendo Kashin, um, who's a, a New Japan junior heavyweight in the late '90s, mask guy. Um, He's worked a lot of IG, uh, IGF of Inoki late, uh, in the last couple of years. He takes on um, Chakoba Mukai. And I mean, but, you know, this is Chakoba Mukai's like pretty much last, his uh, swan song with the uh, the Fuki Army group and just hanging out, being with this this group as he's about to become an IWA Japan uh, wrestler. Um, Chakoba ends up laying some kicks on Kashin and he ends up setting him up for um, like the grinding spot where he looks like he's humping the wrestler. He has him um, set up on his crotch he's about to like do a suplex but um caution would end up turning it into a uh, front neck lock and he would end up making uh chakabo mukai tap out in just a little over five minutes so nothing of a match really um um, Masato Tanaka and Yoshihido Sasaki um, take on Shinjiro Otani and Tatsuhiro Takeiwa. Again, you know, this is really a 0-1 match, but hey, Tanaka and Sasaki, they've left the 0-1 group. They're, you know, part of now the FMW group. So again, in a way, this fits that FMW versus New Japan theme of because Tanaka and Sasaki are former FMW wrestlers. Otani and Takeiwa are former uh, New Japan uh, wrestlers. And um, anyway, um, because even even in a zero one where all the guys are zero one, the New Japan team still ends up winning. But uh, Sasaki ends up hitting a German suplex on Takeiwa, and then he um, comes back and he hits a lariat. But um, Otani would end up delivering a missile drop kick and sending uh, Masada Tanaka out of the ring, and um, Takeiwa would end up finishing off Sasaki with the lariat. And so, like I said, the New Japan team um, defeats the FNW team even when it's a zero one 
uh, all the guys are zero one. Um, and then um, Mr. Ganasuke t- takes on uh, Shiro Kashinaka. Uh, sorry, Shiro Kashinaka. Um, that's an old uh, New Japan wrestler as well, um, who kind of who had started working for World Japan uh, around this time period. Um, Koshinaka, you know, has more. He's been around since the early '80s, so he's gonna have a lot more seniority and everything. But I mean, his best days are are over. Um, and but I mean, Ganesuke grew up loving New Japan. He probably, uh, you know, or uh, New Japan and All Japan in the early '80s. So I'm sure he didn't mind doing the job. But it was just you know, at this point, all the New Japan guys are gonna win, uh, or you know, anyone that has more seniority is gonna win. Um, anyway, so this match is okay. Ganesuke tries, but Koshinako is not. He's like I said, he's just not at that level anymore to have like this great match. Um, they do a lot of brawling outside the ring. Um, Ganesuke ends up throwing him into a guardrail, and he starts laying out Koshinaka with a chair. Well, Koshinaka ends up coming back into the ring, and they would end up doing like this dueling chair spot that F and W wrestlers would always do. Um, Koshinaka would end up tossing um, Ganesuke back outside the ring into the crowd. Um, you know, they brawl in the crowd some more. Um, Ganesuke would end up getting back in the ring and he would try for a flying drop kick, but he ended up missing it. And then uh, Koshinaka ends up going for a power bomb. Ganesuke would, you know, turn it into a Ganesuke clutch, um, but Koshinaka would kick out and then he would end up, Koshinaka would pick up Ganesuke and deliver a samurai driver uh, for the win, for the clean win. And again, it's just going to be. We're gonna get, the, we're gonna put all these guys in these all these old New Japan guys to help draw this show. Show didn't even draw, and uh, hey, as a result of getting these guys on the show, we got a job to all of them, and that's what this was. Um, you know, Mr. Ganesuke was a better worker at this point, and it was just a shame that he, you know, I mean, again, I'm sure he didn't mind jobbing because Koshinaka has. 10 plus years more experience than him. But at this point, Ganesuke was just such a better worker. Um, and Koshinaka just dragged this match down. Um, and like I said, there's just a lot of brawling in the crowd. Uh, Shin Hashimoto, he ends up taking on Mama Sasaki. Um, Hashimoto, like I said, his just shoulder is killing him at this point. But, you know, he's on the show. He's going to um, teach the young boy, Mama Sasaki, how to, um, you know, how to have a match. Uh, and it's pretty much just Hashimoto just laying hard kicks to Mammoth the whole time. Mammoth would end up uh, doing a uh, Mammoth uh, home run. He sets the chair over Hashimoto's head, um, swings the chair, and he hits um, Mammoth over – or sorry, he ends up hitting Hashimoto over the head with it. Hashimoto barely even sells it. He doesn't drop to the ground or anything. And then uh, Hashimoto would end up just striking Mammoth with just such hard kicks um, before putting Mammoth Sasaki away. So H- Hashimoto barely really didn't do that much here. Um, like I said, his shoulder is really banged up. Um Semi-main event is oh, actually sorry. Before the semi-main event, uh, Kaoru Fuyuki comes to the crowd, uh, comes into the ring um, with Fuyuki's music and everything, and uh, she announces that this is the last Fuyuki Army show. You know, this show was a bust uh, financially. The last show, you know, just the last couple months, it had been losing money. Um, Kodo Fuyuki put away a year's worth of money to save to continue this promotion going, and now it's been a year, and, you know, Kaoru Fuyuki, she has no real loyalty to these guys, um, you know, past of what Kodo Fuyuki had asked for her, so it's been a year, um, this promotion's not making money anymore, um, they're losing money, this show is a huge bomb, um, she's washing her hands, um, I think there was also, um, something behind this decision, I'll go over here in a second, um, um, 
uh, about her closing down the promotion. But um, anyway, um, semi-main event is Tetsuhiro Kuroda against uh, Satoshi Kojima. You know, Kawasaki Stadium being such a big, large area. Kuroda can do a long-running distant lariat um, over, um, on Kojima. Um, Kojima would end up... Uh, it's pretty much just like this spot fest of, well, a, just this lariat exchange between the two. Um, Kojima would end up, uh, or Kuroda would end up trying for a lariat. Kojima would end up ducking it and hitting the Koji cutter. Kuroda would end up coming back and trying for another lariat. Um, and then, um, uh, Kojima would end up grabbing him like he's going to do a suplex. Well, Kuroda goes low and does a Samson clutch, and then he hits a Shining Wizard. This match, like I said, this match um, is probably the first match where, hey, like, this is a good match. Okay, the crowd actually starts waking up for the first time in the show to this match, the semi-main event. And they're starting to go, okay, come on, Kuroda. He's, they're, they're into this match. Okay. And then uh, Kuroda ends up going for a lariat, but Kojima would counter, and he hits a lariat, and he gets the win over Kuroda. Uh, and like I said, the crowd kind of started waking up. They had been dead. They'd been cold the whole time. Um, it took the semi-main event. And again, uh, New Japan has defeated FMW. And then the uh, main event is uh, Kentaro Kanemura and Hido against Riki Choshu and Tomohiro Ishii. You know, no exploding barbed wire, no death match or anything like that. Um, right away, Kanemura goes after Choshu, um, but Choshu would end up um, they did brawl and, and outside the ring, and Choshu ends up throwing Kanemura in the guardrail. Um, Choshu would end up hitting Kanemura with the chair. He's smashing Kanemura with the chair. Um, he ends up, uh, Choshu would end up undoing the um, turnbuckle. So it's like an unprotected, unprotected guard, uh, turnbuckle guardrail and, uh, yeah, an unprotected turnbuckle. And um, he ends up smashing uh, Kanemura's face into it. So Kanemura starts bleeding. And Kanemura, like, I mean, he's famous for bleeding a lot. He's got such um, giant scars on his forehead. Well, this is one of those times where his face is completely covered in blood. Um, eventually, um, Ishii and Kanemura would start going at it. Um, until Hito would come in and smash he, uh, Ishii in the face with a chair. Um, Kanemura would then slam Ishii through a table, um, and then Kanemura would grab the broken uh, board from the table and start smashing it over Ishii. Um, Hito would come in, and, and he would end up kicking Ishii low. Um, Ishii would end up making a hot tag um, with... Uh, he would end up yeah, making a hot tag with Choshu, who just dominates pretty much against Kanemura and everything. And then uh, eventually Ishii would come back in um, and yeah, sorry, uh, Choshu would end up putting uh, Kanemura in the Scorpion Deathlock uh, while he's in. And uh, Hito would end up having to make the save. Um, and Hito would end up having to make the save by smashing the chair over um, Shoshu to finally get him to break the move. Um, the big spot of the match is uh, Kanemura um, s smashing the broken table over Choshu's head. So Kanemura comes back and he, uh, you know, that's the big spot that Choshu's taking. Is he'll take a broken table smash to the head. Um, eventually Ishii would end up coming in um, and Kanemura would kick him low and then roll him up with the Samson clutch for the win. So so finally, after one, two, three, four, five, at sixth match, the FMW team has defeated the New Japan team. The Apache Army has defeated the World One, or sorry, the World Japan team. Um, this was, and this is what this was the politics also of like, 
Uh, okay, we're going to have this match. It's not going to draw very well. Uh, Ishii, you know, probably Hashimoto and Choshu might have done better. We could have ha- possibly had that match, but if we had Choshu and Hashimoto, we were going to have to lose again. And so the big capper here is the Kanemura Hito team, the Apache Army, win the main event so that they can celebrate to end the show. Um, everyone comes to the ring. The entire Apache Army comes to the ring, um, and they do the team no respect dance, and then um, Fuki's music plays, and like I said, Kanemura is just covered in blood here. But um, this was the last Fuki Army show. This was actually pretty much... Uh, in a sense, the end of FMW as a legitimate this uh, promotion, you know, the sub promotions and everything, um, the follow up of FMW uh, of closing down. This was kind of the end of it, and you know, I mean, at the very least, I didn't like this show. Um, the Kuroda Kojima match was okay, was good. Um, Kenamura match was okay. Um, you know, the crowd was kind of dead throughout. This, I wouldn't say this was a symbol of what the. Uh, Fuki Army was, but at the very least, you know, the ending was all the Fuki, Ar- Fuki Army guys in the ring together uh, one last time, you know, kind of as a goodbye, a sense, in a sense, to FMW and um, the independent promotions that kind of had joined together with the group uh, since the Apache Army was created. All right. So, okay, so that's going to take us um, now, really quickly, does anybody, so what are the current ideas? Does anybody have any urge or plans or anything? to keep this going no well okay so yeah uh sorry um Kaoru Fuyuki, I was going to make mention, she you know, pulled away uh, from this group um, around this time period because she was dating Shinya Hashimoto. Um, it wasn't really known, it, and they would come public later in the year, but at this point, you know, it's just kind of hush-hush. But Fuyuki, uh, Kaoru Fuyuki and Shinya Hashimoto are together. Uh, Hashimoto has left his wife for her, and they're talking, you know, there's issues with Hashimoto and Zero One at this point, and they're talking about starting up their own promotion Hashimoto leaving zero one and Fuyuki helping uh helping him you know uh, now that they're living together and stuff so that is why she's kind of pulled out and again like she had no real loyalty to the Fuyuki army and stuff um you know hey my ex or my you know husband that passed away he put away this money to keep this promotion going for one year it's been a year we lost money I have no reason to keep this promotion going. So I, you know, and she doesn't really know wrestling or anything. I mean, what she was doing. Um, But like I said, you know, she had talks with Hashimoto about starting his own. So like, that's where her loyalty now is, or possibly putting any money into that is through Hashimoto and, and everything. So anyway, so that is why, you know, Fuki Army closed. And then again, that's just me. What I think, I know that Fuki and Hashimoto had talked about starting up their own promotion. Now, what? Now, whether she really closed down the promotion because of that? I, I mean, again, that's just my guess. Now, as far as anyone, as far as ideas is keeping up the promotion, Kanemura is going to look for sponsors um, to start up his own promotion to keep this going. Um, he's gonna put up. He's gonna hold a show um, in July where he's gonna put up his own money, and in the meantime, he's looking for sponsors to start up a promotion that can run core. Hall. They're never going to run Kawasaki Stadium again. There was never a wrestling show at Kawasaki Stadium after May 5th, 2004. Um, but, you know, I mean, hey, I want to keep my friends. I want to keep a job for my friends. I want to. Um, and, hey, th- there's still a fan base here, even though um, a lot of the shows were losing money. I mean, 
go back just two months to March 2004. That crowd was so hot. Like, there's still a passionate fan base here. We just need to keep them coming each time. And so that's Kanemura feels like he can bring that audience in, um, but you know, without few without Koto Fuyuki's wife. And so Kanemura, right now, the plan is for him to look into starting his own promotion. All right, so that's going to take us to the Hustle Show on May 8th, also in the Yokohama Arena. All right, so um, this show is going to be kind of like the second, uh, the, like the March show. It's going to be some, something similar. It's going to be instead, it's going to be Kanemura, uh, Mike Awesome, and Cebu against Masato Tanaka, Tetsuhiro Kuroda, and Tamahaki Ahanma in a Dynamite Hardcore Hustle match. Um, you know, and pretty much the stip to this match is every couple minutes, um, there's gonna be a countdown and there's going to be a weapon at, after, you know, three, two, one, then there'll be a weapon appear and the wrestlers can use it. Um, so in this match, uh, Sabu right away sets up a table, um, puts Ken Kuroda on the table and he, uh, ends up doing a flying, a diving leg drop on Kuroda, sending him through a table. Um, Hama would then, uh, grab Kanemura and um, deliver a Hurricane Rana off the top turnbuckle to the outside with Kanemura sliding off the table completely. So he misses the table again, ends up sliding off the table off the ramp. Um, Tanaka would end up taking that table and um, setting up it in the ring and delivering a death valley bomb on Kanemura through the table. Um, the first weapon to be used uh, or to appear would be a guitar that Tanaka would end up grabbing and hitting um, Mike Awesome with. Um, Kuroda and um, Tanaka then are, you know, they're brawling with Kanemura when the next weapon to appear is a um, bicycle. Well, Hito, who's accompanied um, the Kanemura team, he ends up going over to grab the bicycle. He ends up getting on the bicycle and he rides it over to bring it to Kanemura. Well, while he's riding the bicycle, he gets met with a, a lariat by Kuroda. And so Kuroda has knocked Hito off the bicycle. Kuroda picks up the bicycle. He gets on it and they lay um, Kanemura and Hito on the ramp and Kuroda is supposed to uh, ride over both Kuroda uh, over both Kenimer and Hito with the bicycle well that doesn't really work as the bicycle doesn't do a really good job over riding over a body so Kuroda kind of falls off the bicycle as a result um, the next weapon is a trash can um, that uh, Tanaka ends up putting um, over Kenimura and Sabu's head and then uh, Hama ends up climbing off the top rope and delivering a, a flying drop kick and drop kicks both Kanemura and uh, Sabu with the trash can over their head. Um, the next weapon would be Giant Silva. So we have a human being now as the weapon. Um, and he, so he's coming to the ring. Uh, Mike Awesome would end up setting up a, a, an awesome bomb uh, with Hama. Um, he, so he awesome bombs Hama off the apron through a table. And then Giant Silva would end up choke slamming Hama. Uh, and then Sabu would end up doing a dive on Tanaka outside the ring. And then um, Mike Awesome, uh, he would set up a power bomb. With, he'd try to do a power bomb on Hama off the top rope. And this is scary because he completely screws it up. And you just see Hama just just drop down to the mat. And it, you know, that was a scary spot where he could have ended up seriously injured. Um, they end up trying to redo the spot this time with Kanemura um, holding up Hama's head so that um, th that Awesome could end up successfully sending Hama through the table. Um, and so Mike Awesome would end up getting the win over Hama. So the Mike Awesome, Kanemura, and Sabu team get the win. Um, the other match on this show... Um is Cactus Jack against Kawada. And this is, again, you know, Hustle's willing to pay a lot of money to bring in some top guys. You know, on this show also, they had the Outsiders uh, lose to uh, Shin Hashimoto and Noyo uh, Ogawa. Ogawa. Um, 
But this match is for the Triple Crown, triple crown title uh, that Kawada currently holds at the time. And this match is pretty much just fully willing to get the, his ass beaten by Kawada the whole time. And Kawada is just laying him out with kicks. And, I mean, there's not even that much of a match. It's just fully Cactus Jack just getting kicked, you know, the crap kicked out of him by Kawada before Kawada would get the win. And Cactus Jack or McFoley would actually need a wheelchair um, afterwards. He'd be, he, he would need to be wheeled um, through the airport and everything back um, to fly back to America. He was in such bad shape after Kawada just laid these stiff kicks at him. I had uh, I had a question about that. So during the match, you know, he pulls out, uh, you know, Foley pulls out the Mr. Sacco and does the Sacco gimmick, and Kawada just has no part of it and starts kicking the shit out of him. Was that all planned, or was there any kind of, like, Kawada not wanting oh, to do yeah. it? I would imagine that, that spot was planned. I like Kawada's not going to put. A, they're not going to let Kawada's not going to let Sock go down his throat at this, you know, or anything like that. I think that was planned. I don't think Foley knew. Holy crap, Kawada is going to lay stiff as hell kicks at me to where I can't walk afterwards. That I would imagine was the one thing he wasn't expecting. Okay, so I'm um, going on to some sad news. Uh, I'll just let you go over uh, what happened on May 18th, 2004. Sambo Asako would end up passing away. I talked about it um, a couple episodes ago, how he had um, severe, extreme case of diabetes. Um, you know, he had lost his leg. Um, he had actually lost sight in one of his eyes at, at the end. Um, so he was in really bad shape and just, this, you know, he was only 40 years old, but the diabetes would, you know, uh, take him in, you know, when he was working in FMW in the nineties with Onita and stuff, he was a very big guy, a uh, chubby guy at the end. Onita would bring him back at the end. Uh, he was skinny, very, very skinny. And I have to imagine just, he was just not healthy. The, the diabetes is just, um, slowly killing him. And like I said, he only made it to 40 and he was really bad shape at the end. Um, Hayabusa would make a comment about him dying. Um, just making mention that he was a very funny person. You know, he would, um, he was really kind to the young boys at the at a time where not many people were kind to young boys. You know, Sembo Hosako was established at that time uh, when Hayabusa was starting up in FMW. But he was very kind to the young boys unless he was playing a prank on them. So he'd mess with them and stuff, but he was nothing like Tarzan Goto or uh, Onido where it was just, you're nothing. You're just a young bo green boy. You're nothing. You know, Sembo Hosako was a very kind individual. So it was a very sad case. And, you know, he was very close with Onida and um, Onido would end up holding a um, a memorial show um, later this year uh, for him. Okay, so that's going to take us to the World Japan Show on May 27th. So um, this is going to be the continuation of the World Japan um, Apache Army feud. Um, this is at Corrigan Hall. Um, it's going to be Riki Choshu, Tomohiro Ishii, and Takashi Uwano uh, taking on Kanemura, uh, Gonosuke, and Hido, and Jintaro. Um, and, I mean, this match isn't taped or anything. Uh, World Japan had lost their deal with ta uh, getting shows taped, uh, or at least every show taped on Samurai wasn't the case. Kind of, you know, they're at the same point as what the Fuki Army kind of was, where not every show's taped, some are type thing. Um, you know, and that's a sad cry from what they were a year ago, where the World Japan could run Yokohama Arena. Um, but anyway, um, 
this match, you know, uh, is like I said, not Tate, but um, it, it ends up um, Ishii ends uh, the Ishii would end up pinning Hito with a brainbuster, um, and to continue this feud, the the Apache Army would end up attacking Choshu, and and like I said, this is actually uh, Mr. Ganoski was a big time Choshu fan. This was his one and only time really to face off against Ricky Choshu, um, but the Apache Army would attack Choshu afterwards, and they'd spray paint on his back after the match. They'd spray paint Indy to you humiliate Choshu. So Choshu has to walk back with spray paint all over his back. So this is, you know, the Apache Army is going to lose, but, you know, they're going to get their heat back by humiliating Choshu, kind of like that NWO spray paint style. Um, and this would actually end up being the very last time that Kanemura and Mr. Ganasuke unknowingly uh, would end up teaming up for the rest of their careers. All right, so that's going to take us to uh, June uh, 14th. We haven't talked too much about it, but we've got a show from WWS. So this was the Mr. Pogo group I talked about last episode. Um, they don't have TV, but they're, um, uh, Mr. Pogo was really on good terms with the occupation of Indies hosts. So they were more than happy to not only show highlights of their shows, but they would do entire segments on Mr. Pogo um, and this promotion um, to get any type of notoriety. I mean, it's a local indie promotion, but they had some really cool matches and um, they actually bring in Mitsuhiro Matsunaga for this show. Um, and so he takes on the black dog, which is a WWS, um, mask guy. And it's a fish hook death match. Um, there's not really, you know, they had the fish hooks around the uh, ring or around the ropes and, um, the mat, I don't know why they did it. Cause Matsunaga tries to use the fish hooks on black dog, but like I said, he's a mask guy. So it doesn't really have the same effect when you can't see the guy's face. But, um, eventually Matsunaga would power bomb, um, black dog through a barbed wire board and he'd get the scorpion Deathlock, and um, he would end up winning pretty easily. Um, this was just a favor for uh, Pogo to buy Matsunaga. I mean, you know, this was like the first time Matsunaga had worked um, in a couple years, I believe, also. Um, and then um, the main event is uh, Mr. Pogo, Gran Hamada, who um, obviously, you know, Michinoku pro guy. Um, he started up with Mr. Pogo in the New Japan Dojo in 1972. He worked a lot of WWS. Um, so it's Pogo, Hamada, uh, Senor... Isi, uh, Isazaki, Isazaki, the name of the city, and so that's this mask guy named after. And they're taking on uh, the Great Sasuke, uh, the Wolf, another mask guy, and Chaba Nigger, um, and that is Masayoshi uh, Motegi, um, who is a ma he's he's a masked wrestler. Um, uh, anyway, the Black Wolf would end up cutting Mr. Pogo open with a knife right away, um, and then. Um, Mr. Pogo would end up pile driving Sasuke on a chain. Um, and you know, this is Mr. Pogo's revenge on the great Sasuke, uh, for September when they were feuding over the whole Onita exploding barbed wire match. Um, Mr. Mr. Pogo would end up blowing fire on Sasuke. Uh, and Mr. Pogo would end up, uh, grabbing, um, Chabaneger and forcing him to, um, for pretty much throwing, putting the chain over his, his throat and throwing him over the top rope. And the referee would stop him, uh, stop the match from the Mr. Pogo win. Uh, so Mr. Pogo team wins. So these are something like where it's just, these are interesting little small indie promotions that not too many people know about. And it's just kind of a cool thing to, you know, see, Hey, a fish hook match or, you know, um, Mr. Pogo and great Sasuke in front of a, like a hundred people brawling all over the building and stuff like that. Okay. Next point is going to be Mr. Ganosuke. He had a press conference on, uh, June 15th. 
So, Mr. Ganeske, I made mention a little while ago um, that he was um, no, they know him and Kanemar are no longer teamed together after um, um, for the rest of their careers, and they were a very well-known tag team back and forth, you know, for the last couple of years. And uh, Mr. Ganeske holds a press conference stating that he is leaving the Apache Army. Um, the WMF and Apache Army are splitting up completely. Um, Ganeske is going to now be willing. He's going to work the uh, June tour that. The Apache, uh, the um, that he got, that he was booked with World Japan um, through the Apache Army. He's going to work that tour, um, but he's only going to be in matches that are going to switch the cards around. He's only going to be in, in semi-main event matches where he teams up with like a Goemon or a Mama Sasaki, WMF guys. He is the original card had him teaming up with Kanemura. He wants nothing to do with Kanemura at this point. Now, this is. The one million dollar question that I have probably been—I don't get asked to, about it any, as mu that much anymore. But in around this time period, I was asked this all the time: What's the deal with Kenemer and, and Ganaske? What's their issue? Something happened. Um, they are, and I have asked everybody about this because there was huge heat. They did not want to be on the same show together. And they were not on the same show for four years. Uh, in a sense, Ganesuke was blackballed by Kenemura because Kenemura was working with all the top promotions at the time. You know, he was, and I don't know if Ganesuke was going to get those bookings anyway, but um, as a result, um, you know, Kenemura's working with Zero One. Kenemura's working with Choshu. Kenemura's working with New Japan, I guess through Choshu. Kenemura's working with Big Japan. So Ganesuke now is left open to work with uh, Tatsumi Fujinami's tradition promotion that wouldn't start up um, until like 2006, 2007, like three more years. So Ganesuke at this point is only going to be able to work WMF or the smallest of indies. Now, like I said, this is the million dollar question. Um, what what happened? And like I said, I've asked everybody, including Ganesuke and Kanemura. Um, I asked Ganesuke five years ago, what happened? Like what's, you know, and it's something where they don't want to talk about, obviously, because Ganesuke just said, we're and you know I asked him in 2013. He goes, "We're good. We're good now. Don't worry about it." And then I uh, that was 2013. I asked him again, hoping that he had forgotten that I asked him originally five years earlier in person. I asked him in an interview I did online, and he just said, "We're good. I don't know what you're talking about." So Ganeske does not want to talk about it. I asked Kanemura in the interview uh, that I did with him in December, "What happened with you and Ganeske?" And and Kanemura and and I never felt comfortable enough to like, no, what, what, what are you talking about? No, talk to me. You know, I, I'm not in that relationship with Ganesuke. I feel a little closer with Kanemura, having met with him, hung out with him for a little while, you know, in, in the interview and stuff and, and everything. And um, I asked him and he, and I was video chatting with him when I, when we, when I did this interview with him and he puts two fingers up like an X and is like, no, bad, 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 bad. And I'm like, what? What do you mean? And he's like, you know, he wasn't going to tell me. And so I'm kind of trying to get bringing it up again. And he just goes, what, you know, what I'll tell you is Ganesuke was only married for one week. And I'm like, what does that have anything to do with it? And I'm like, but what does that have to do with you and Ganesuke not being, you know, what, whatever happened? And he goes, Ganesuke was only married for one week. So, because uh, Ganesuke, according to Kanemura, Ganesuke um, married a very young woman um, last year, and the marriage only lasted a week. But, um, so, 
I don't, I, I, nobody knows. Again, I've asked everybody. I asked Hayabusa. Hayabusa goes, I don't know, but all I can tell you is what probably really happened was Kanemura is just a jerk and Gonosuke just got sick of it. Uh, I, and, and just going back to, um, you know, FMW and Kanemura and Gonosuke, Kanemura, um, and in the interview, um, in 1997, right, because um, Kanemura and Ganesuke were both heels, you know, the wing group and uh, the Funk Masters wrestling, they didn't really interact too much. Well, um, around the time period of Zen starting up in 97, there was a match, Onita and Kanemura versus Ganesuke and Oya. And Kanemura felt like Ganesuke um, wasn't bumping enough in the match. And so they're out with Jado and Ghetto at the bar afterwards. And this is in the Kanemura interview. And Kanemura's going, Ganesuke, why won't you bump? And Kanemura's like, shut up. Uh, like, shut up. Kanemura goes, well, no, tell me, why won't you, you know, bump? Why aren't you doing any bumps? And, you know, Kanemura is someone that's bumped like crazy. He's taking exception to Ganesuke kind of trying to take it easy in a match. Ganesuke's just like, you know, shut up. I don't, you know, and ends up getting into a, a fight at the bar in, you know, where Jado and Ghetto are, are um, having to pull them apart. And so that's before Team No Respect and working together and teaming up and becoming this great tag team. There was never, you know, a great relationship the two, between the two. Kanemura even stated, you know, I like Ganesuke, but he doesn't like me. So there's, you know, and like I said, I talked to Hayabusa about it. Hayabusa just goes, it's probably Kanemura being a jerk. And I go, so are you friends with, did you like Kanemura? No, he's a jerk. So, uh, again, there is something specifically that happened that they are not willing to talk about. Again, they didn't work. They wouldn't work together for four years. Um, I, I was uh, friends with a wrestler that had a dinner with Ganesuke one time and Kanemura. And this is in 2004 around this time period. And Kanemura's name gets brought up. And it's just so it's just awkward silence. Ganesuke just wanted nothing to do with Kanemura. So. You know, like I said, I've asked everybody. Nobody really knows the answer because Kanemura and Ganesuke do not want to tell what happened. But something happened between the two where Ganesuke goes, I would rather just work the WMF than ever work with you again, Kanemura, at this time. You know, I mean, again, they didn't work together for four years um, as a result of whatever happened. So um, so I, I got to ask, is that a shoot that he's no longer married? Yeah, that's a shoot. Now he even admitted that he was uh, no longer. Uh, he admitted that he was divorced. Um, he got married in February of last year, and he announced on Twitter, like at the end of the year last, uh, you know, like November, December. I, you know, I, it pains me to tell. Or it pains me to, you know, admit this, but uh, my marriage didn't work out. So he admits he got divorced, but obviously that was been ten months later, and that's what I was under the impression. You know, okay, I guess he, you know, made it a couple months or so. Kanemura goes, it only made it a week when I was talking to him. And that's all he would say, you know, he and it had something to do with it. I don't I mean, again, you can draw your own conclusions what exactly it was. But, yeah, he definitely um, was only married for um, I mean, I, I, I'm going to believe that he really was only married for a week, um, according to Kanemura. And I mean, Ganesuke admits like she was he's 50 and she's 25. And he admits like the, the age difference was just too much and they should never have got married. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, so that. Kanemura is uh, definitely, you know, at least admit, telling the truth in the fact that they got married, that, that they got divorced uh, shortly after getting married. All right, so uh, that's going to take us to uh, one of uh, one of the final World Japan shows that we're going to talk about is going to be on June twenty first. 
Um, so the main event of this show is Riki Choshu and Tomihiro Ishii against Kanemura and Hido. Um, this is a uh, rematch of the Kawasaki Stadium show. Um, and pretty much right away, the Apache Army interfere. Kanemura, Shimoda, Jintaro, Sasaki, um, they all end up attacking Choshu, and they all end up covering Choshu with Hido counting the three as if that's a win. Doesn't, you know, doesn't really, that doesn't count, uh, obviously. Well, then the World Japan team comes in, Choshu, Ishii, Yaguchi, and Iwana. Um, they come in and they make a match against, you know, so it's Apache versus World Japan. Uh, Choshu would end up hitting a lariat and then um, he ends up grabbing a chair and just attacking Kanemura with it. And then uh, Yaguchi would end up hitting a powerbomb on Hito for the win. And so the World Japan team uh, gets an, a win over um, the Apache Army. So that's what this feud's going to be the rest of the year, pretty much. It's going to be Choshu and World Japan against Apache Army uh, with, Kan- with Ganosuke no longer a part of the group. Alright, now uh, one person who's been pretty absent from this is um, Hayabusa, so uh, I gotta ask you, how is he doing? So, um, just going back to the WMF situation, I talked about that last episode also, where Hayabusa um, was struggling financially, and you know the, the, what he was expected was he was supposed to get paid by um, WMF uh, for touring and um, doing radio interviews, and um, the Yamada did not pay Hayabusa. Well, now that um, the WMF is uh, Yamada is, um, you know, it's pretty much slashing WMF's budget and everything and restarting the promotion. Hayabusa is going, uh, wait, where's my pay for like going to Sapporo to do a radio interview? Uh, where, you know, I'm only getting paid for the shows that I appear on. That's it. Like, what's, where, you know, where's my travel? I had to go take a, you know, I had to go take a train to Sapporo and to uh, Kumamoto and stuff these are costly and then you know you're supposed to pay me no i'm not paying you sorry so he ended up screwing over hayabusa financially where hayabusa felt very um you know bitter feelings towards yamada and um so like i said hayabusa you know i talked about last episode hayabusa is struggling financially um he now you know he's living life um at his home with his wife and you know she's taking care of him and just a lot of bad things, obviously, and they're financially strained. And um, there's one day where she's washing his hair. He's sitting there, and she's uh, shampooing his hair, and she is so quiet. And Hibisa goes, "What's going on? Why aren't you talking? You know, why are you quiet? Nothing. Don't worry about it. No. What's going on?" And Hayabusa felt the conflict. You know, there were issues. There were issues while they were, um, you know, before his accident. And um, um, you know, honestly, and Hayabusa admits this, he cheated a lot on her, um, throughout his entire time, um, at, they dated. Um, I, I mean, and I knew this prior to, I mean, I knew this in 2000, I knew a guy, it was in Japan said, and you know, maybe he was making it up. I, I trust him. He told me in 2000, I was at a hotel, um, with the FNW guys and Hayabusa was totally just, you know, hitting on this girl in the lobby of the hotel, like in plain sight with, with the boys right there and stuff. And, you know, Hayabusa, you know, I, and also after Hayabusa passed away in 19, uh, 1993, you know, he went to Mexico. After he passed away, his Mexican girlfriend contacted me. 
and you know just telling me i still love him and you know we were together and you know while he was in mexico for a year and i was his girlfriend and hayabusa tells the story of he was lonely and you know missing um harumi his soon you know his girlfriend at the time his you know soon eventual wife um and mother of his children and um anyway you know so he obviously was cheating on her throughout the throughout the relationship throughout the marriage and hayabusa admits that and he goes you know a great shame to admit that i cheated on her hundreds hundreds of times throughout and you know Hayabusa's wife was always upset going why are you you know okay you're you're out you're touring with the guy on the you know at FMW and stuff but why aren't you here on the days you're not touring and stuff so there was always issues you know she kind of had a sense what you know what was going on and everything and so you know, now we're at a point where he's lose. You know, he's a financial burden on the family, and you know, he's done all that in the past. At least he was making money and stuff. And she's shampooing his hair, and he's going, "What's going on?" And she goes, "You know, I wish you would have just stayed at the hospital." And that breaks Hayabusa's heart. You know, I wish you would just live. I wish you were just living still away from us. And so breaks Hayabusa's heart, and Hayabusa and Harumi. Um, uh, you know, uh, decide on getting a divorce. Hayabusa goes, I'm not going to be a burden on this family. I'm not going to be issue, you know, and so Hayabusa would end up moving out of the house. Um, he would get an apartment close by. Um, he'd still see his children every so often, you know, close enough, but, you know, he didn't see them every day anymore and they didn't grow up being around him. And, um, you know, and he, uh, he stated, you know, I, uh, the accident, I actually felt like that was my karma for cheating on my wife so much. And so he feels like all this is, you know, as a result of what he was as a wrestler, what his lifestyle was. And this was his, you know, he felt like this was his payback for all the horrible things he did to her. And now, you know, you know, she has to know about it. Like I said, if I had an idea about it, I have to imagine she knew about it and why she was so upset that, you know, he's gone half the time. And then when he's home, he's gone drinking and stuff going out, clubbing and everything and so like i said there was always issues there and now now he's in a wheelchair and and, and you know it's difficult and so um you know she let her frustrations out and they uh, i mean and that's hayabusa's story i've been told certain other things where they were on very bad terms um we'll go over in a future episode obviously they still loved each other but you know she was very upset at him and the divorce wasn't a friendly friendly divorce um but Hayabusa stated, you know, he still loved her, and he cried every week thinking about her. Okay. Um, on a more positive note, hopefully. <laughs> um, so uh, there started a thing called Beer Garden Pro. Uh, what was Beer Garden Pro? It was just pretty much a small little indie, um, just a promoter willing to um, bring in uh, wrestlers um, to wrestle, you know, and what it was is instead of like buying a ticket, you just buy a beer and you could sit at a table and just watch a wrestling show. And since WMF wasn't going on, um, they worked a lot with DDT here and 666. and, um, you know, so Mr. Ganske is working some shows. Onryo is working some shows. Um, Koto Ibushi started appearing on these shows. He was the beginning of his career. Um, you know, they're just small little shows that no one really was paying attention to. But, hey, it's allowed the wrestlers to get paid. And like I said, Ganske, you know, now that he's not working on World Japan, he's going to take any booking he can get. All right. And, yeah, and these are kind of similar to, like, you know, right now Big Japan is running Uena Park shows. They're kind of similar to that, just an excuse to – wrestle and hang out with the boys right yeah yeah, yeah fan, um, fan, they're definitely fan shows yeah 
Yeah. Um, not to belabor the point, but Kokobal Mukai was arrested again. Yeah, so this time, um, you know, he got bailed out uh, by um, Asano. Well, now he's going to he him and his manager go. Well, let's we need to find a girl to um, you know do a next porno with. Let's do like an uh, like on the street and stuff type porno. Well, they they go looking for a girl and they find a seventeen year old high school girl um, and they get her to agree. And so they film this porno with her, um, him having sex with her on the street. And whoops, turns out that um, she's not over, you know, she's not 18. And so Chocobal Mukai again gets arrested. And again, Asano from IWA Japan has to bail him out. All right. Um, okay. So that's going to take us Before, into. And, and, sorry. And just to, to finalize everything. Um, the first arrest that he had, um, as far as having sex and filming the porn in the bar, he would actually be acquitted from that um, because of the, the it would come out that hey the bartender had set them up and said hey come do this at my bar. So he actually would get acquitted from any charges um, from the uh, from the um, first arrest that he ended up spending a lot of time in jail for. Um, the second one, I don't necessarily know too much details. Um, I would imagine. I didn't hear anything as far as what what ended up happening, but I do. I would imagine that hey, he did what he did was was um, you know was illegal, and I'm sure he um, you know got a hit in his record and stuff as a result, and probably had to pay a good amount of money. All right, um, yeah. So okay, so that's gonna take us to uh, Kanemura. He ran a show of his own on on July 4th in Chiba. Yeah, um, this was a uh, Chiba. Bluefield, which is where Kai and Tai Jojo's home building is. And so, like I may mention earlier, Kanemura is going to promote his own shows now. Um, and, or at least this show, he's going to promote it. He's putting his own money into it to get the boys working until he can get a sponsor that will um, run at Corrigan Hall. Um, so, this is just a basic show. I mean, it's a small building. Uh, Jintaro t- and Kuroda have a semi main event match. And um, Jintaro, you know, he gets his offense in, but, uh, you know, Kuroda's just a bigger star at this point. So, Kuroda ends up. Uh, getting a win with the Lariat. And then um, the main event is Kenamura and Hito against Ryuji Ito and Daisuke Sekimoto. So it's Apache versus Big Japan. Um, Kenamura and Sekimoto would fight on the ramp. Um, and Kenamura would end up sending Sekimoto into the ropes um, th- from the ramp to the ropes. And then uh, Sekimoto comes comes running back at Kenamura. Kenamura does a loop, leapfrog over Sekimoto. But Sekimoto would end up grabbing uh, Kenamura and picking him up to slam him. Um, Ito would end up doing uh, climbing up the entrance and diving um um onto he uh, onto hito through a table um and then Kenamura would end up grabbing that broken table and smashing it over Sekimoto's head, which is actually a real cool spot because Kenamura and uh, Sekimoto's face is just covered in blood and Kenamura's face is bleeding. And it's, it's a cool image. Um, Sekimoto would end up going to suplex Kenamura, but Hito would end up hitting him with the chair and uh, Kenamura would end up kicking Sekimoto low and delivering a lariat uh, for Kenamura to pick up the win over Sekimoto. Um, and then Kenamura would then announce um, next month, August 30th, that the Apache Army promotion was going to run their first show at Corrigan Hall. So then, you know, the next level of uh, promotion, the next promotion following the Fuki Army is going to get started up in August, on August 30th. All right. <clears throat> so, okay. So that's going to take us to uh, into August, where now I never knew anything about this until I was reading on your website. And there was a movie called Mask de, For- de 41. Uh, what was this movie? 
Yeah, it was called Mass Day 41. Um, it was this movie that FMW did in um, 2001, um, like fall 2001. So Hayabusa's in it, you know, perfectly healthy, obviously. Um, and he plays a guy called the Red Falcon. So it's not much of a stretch. It's a masked wrestler. Um, pretty much what the storyline, It's. It, I have the movie, actually. It's really hard to follow, obviously, just being in a Japanese movie. But essentially, it's this guy wanting to prove that he's a wrestler and stuff and um, instead of like they use the FMW ring and everything, but the promotion is supposed to be KEWP and the match actually. So like this have at the beginning of the movie, it's going to be a match between Kota Fuyuki and Jesse Bennett, who is a former um, women's Japanese women's wrestler. Who's an American girl. Um, they're going to have a match when like the, um, like there's a run in and the, um, the, the main, uh, the heel attacks them and stuff, attacks them and the match doesn't end up happening anyway. Um, like I said, uh, the a majority of the match is setting up for um, the the main storyline uh, character. Uh, he wants to be a wrestler, so he goes through all the training. And it, and the movie is cool in the sense that you get to watch the F and you know the, it's a lot of it's at the F and W dojo, and um, you know uh, Ganasuke is in it, and Emi Motokawa is in it, and Hayabusa is in it, and he actually plays like a bad guy in the movie and stuff, and. Um, you know, but there like there's this cool training sequence in the dojo, and uh, Mr. Ganasuke is playing this different character. His hair is all spiked up and stuff. But um, eventually, the ending is uh, the main character taking on the Red Falcon, Hayabusa, in a match, in a wrestling match, to prove that he's the main character is willing to be a re- uh, you know showcase that he's a legitimate wrestler in front of his love interest. And um, eventually, um, the match would end up being being in a double countout. So the main char- main star is like this small little guy and so the fact that he can go to a no contest with Hayabusa shows you know hey he was able to uh you know take Hayabusa to the limit but uh, at the end, um, the the fans are so pissed off in the movie that the fa- the match goes to like a double count that they start throwing trash in the ring. They're so upset and stuff. Um, but like I said, I, it is hard to follow, but it is a cool thing, a movie to have just just for you know certain. Th- like I said, like Ganasuke having this weird spiky hair and Hayabusa uh, in a different costume and just uh, training montage in the dojo and um, so. But yeah, it was just a movie that they did in 2001, and then it took till 2004 to air in theaters and stuff like that. All right. So that's going to take us to the WMF revival, I guess you want to call it. So WMF ran shows on the 7th and the 29th. So the first show um, was at the Tokyo Kitazawa Town Hall, which is like a 250-seat building. So, I mean, and they drew about 250 seats uh, or 250 fans. So, I mean, that's what this is what WMF is going to be. It's going to be a smaller promotion. Um, I also wanted to make mention, you know, um, when Hayabusa left FMW – or sorry, WMF, um, he started up his own uh, – he, he – um, decided he was going to be a musician. How am I going to make money? You know, I'm no longer getting paid by WMF. I'm gonna, I gotta start my own career. So he started doing a, um, uh, doing like these small little tours um, where he would sing, and um, he pr- was pretty much a professional singer um, to make money. Um, also, so Goemon actually left WMF t- officially, um, but to join Hayabusa's group, which is called Project Hayabusa, that's like the singing, and Goemon's going to appear um, on the co- at the concerts with Hayabusa. But Goemon also is going to still wrestle for WMF. He's just not going to be a WMF wrestler. Um, and then Onryo and Yuko Miyamoto, 
um, Miyamoto, I talked about last episode, the um, WMF Dojo boy who had just gotten started. He left WMF to start to join Onryo 666. Onryo also is joining 666 officially, so he's not a WMF guy either. He's a 666, his promotion, but Onryo is still going to continue to work for 666. I mean, sorry, for WMF, um, but he'll be a 666 wrestler. Um, so on this show, uh, Sinmu Yoshida, who was the FMW vice president at the end um, in a bunch of storylines, he actually appears on this show. He had a little bit of a kickboxing, kickboxing background. He had been in DDT around this time period working um, in the office for them. He has a match against Ricky Fuji. Um, he ends up just getting squashed by Ricky Fuji, like no offense at all. I don't know why he was on the show, and that was the last I ever heard of Yoshida after this. Um, um, the uh, semi-main event is Mr. Ganas, or sorry, the main event actually is Mr. Ganasuke and Goemon against Garuda and Seiji Akaida. Um, uh, Ganasuke ends up putting a scorpion deathlock on Garuda uh, while Goemon puts uh, Akaida in a sharpshooter. Um, Akaida ends up diving at Goemon. I mean, like, it's Akaida and, and Goemon, and Akaida does this dive, and he just ends up jacking up his shoulder into the turnbuckle. Um, but eventually, Garuda would end up grabbing Goemon and making him tap out to a single-leg crab. Um, and so Garuda ends up getting the win when um, Black Garuda ends up appearing. And um, he ends up attacking Garuda with the chair, and he takes off the mask and reveals that it's Soldier. Now, Soldier had been in WMF. Uh, he's the FNW guy, Sotoru Makara. He had joined WMF as Soldier. And then um, a year prior, in, in October 2003, he had um, he went to America to um, wrestle. And so he was wrestling all like for the past year in the IWC promotion out of Pittsburgh, Um and he had established also a Black Ruta gimmick while working in Mexico also. And so he brought back the Black Ruta mask, um, mask and um, ends up, like I said, he tears the mask off and he reveals that he's Soldier. So the next show is going to have Soldier versus Garuda as the main event. Um, and that was at the Saitama Pepe Hall Atlas on uh, August 29th. And they announced 480 fans. So this is their big two-year anniversary show. Um, the semi-main events, Mr. Ganasuke and Seiji Ikeda. Um, they're kind of you know pushing Ikeda because at this point they feel like they have no real choice. they got to push the young guys. they got to push someone different. So they push Ikeda. Um, he gives Ganasuke a good fight, but eventually Ganasuke would end up getting the win um, with the Fire Thunder. And then uh, Garuda would take on Soldier in the main event. Um, Garuda would end up missing an acai moonsault. Um, and then he ends up, you know, going for a firebird splash eventually. Um, when Soldier would end up getting up in on the top, ter top turnbuckle and picking up Garuda and hitting his new finisher called the BUU, uh, which is pretty much like a Death Valley driver off the top turnbuckle. Um, and so Soldier gets the win over Garuda. So this is to establish Soldier now as the top heel of WMF. Like I said, they're just gonna. They feel like they need to push some new people, get something different, and you know, because the, the roster is so thin and i mean like i said this at this point this is a small indie promotion okay so okay so that's going to take us to uh the 29th where there was a show it was Sapporo pro and they had a main event uh i'll let you go over that one so this was put on by um, the Soft On Demand uh, company. We talked about that last episode. They were a big-time sponsor for Big Japan. Um, and so this is a promotion, you know, um, that they put on at the – or a show they put on at the Sapporo Tizen Hall called it Sapporo Pro. I don't know if they ever ran another show, but this was kind of like a Big Japan-style match. Now, the, the notable the, – what's noted – 
notable about this match is it's Kanemura and Shadow WX against Jun Kasai and Ryuji Yamakawa. Jun Kasai is a, you know, has been in with Zero One. He's still contracted to Zero One. At this point, he's sick of Zero One. He hates Zero One. Um, you know, he has bad blood with Big Japan, but he wants to work for Big Japan. You know, he still wants to work for Big Japan. So this is kind of his first time, um, match kind of back in Big Japan, even though it's not. It's against Big Japan guys. Um Kasai would end up doing a second floor dive on Kanemura through a table. Um, Kanemura would end up powerbombing Kasai through a light tube. Um, and then um, he ends up stacking a bunch of chairs. And um, uh, Shadow WX would end up finishing off uh, Yamakawa with a brain buster. So like I said, this was just you know a match kind of get Kasai's feet wet. It's not a big Japan match, but it was the very first sign of, okay, Kasai obviously isn't happy with Zero One. He wants to leave, um, and he wants to work those big Japan style matches again because that's what this was. Okay, and um, just uh, curious. So when uh, Kasai transitioned from from zero one back to Big Japan, did zero one did they make any play to keep him, or were they like, oh, okay, cool? No, I don't think so because zero one actually is losing money at this point too. Um, and I mean, I talked about Shinya Hashimoto. Um, he's having issues with zero one. Um, you know, there's a lot of conflict with this promotion at the end of 2004. Um, and zero one actually would technically close down. Um, and in 2005, it would be restarted up as zero one max. So at this time period, they're losing money. You know, Kasai, you don't want to be a part of us. Good- goodbye. <laughs> All right. So, okay, so that's going to take us to, here we go, August 30th. So, Apache Pro debuted on August 30th at Kurokin Hall. So, they announced 1,600 fans, which, I mean, it's it's definitely not a sold-out crowd. If you look at the show, I mean, there's definitely empty seats. But, again, it's just, so, I mean, what Canamer I talked about, Canamer has... I, I want to create a promotion that has hot fans. It won't sell out Corgan Hall, but these fans are going to, you know, have all this show is going to be awesome because of the crowd. Just like that March show, how passionate they were. This fan base is like that for this show. These fans are coming to cheer the Apache uh, army. Um, there's a match going on in Onrio. Um, you know, like I said, they're pretty much freelance from WMF. Um, they're willing to work WMF, but they're freelance workers. Um, they take on Gasaku Gashigawara, who is dressed up as the Undertaker. Going by the name Undertaker Gasako and Shoshi Ichimaya. I talked about the guy that dresses up as different wrestlers. He's dressed up as Paul Bear. And they would do these Undertaker spots uh, with Gasaku in the urn. And um, Gasaku would end up doing a tombstone pile driver on Onryo. Um, eventually, Onryo is going to get the win um, with the Onryo clutch over Gasaku. Um, and they end up like taking the urn and just throwing it out of disrespect because Gasaku is playing the role of the Undertaker and just like worshiping the urn. Um, then there's um, the semi main event is Takio Amore against Tetsuhiro Kuroda. So this is like, let's bring a big name guy in to take on a. Apache Pro guy. Um, they end up brawling in the crowd. Um, Amori is getting booed so loudly. Again, this crowd is so passionate. Again, um, this is the this is the March crowd again. They're, they've come back for this show. Um, Kuroda uh, would end up hitting his lariat in the crowd. Um, you know, running down the uh, crowd like he usually does. Amori would end up pile driving Kuroda through a table. Um, and then the finishing sequence is Amori uh, ended up uh, hitting his axe bomber uh, to pin Kuroda. So again, you know, it's, every time you're going to bring in a big guy. They're going to get the win to help draw the crowd, but I don't know how much Amori really drew uh, for the show. And then 
the main event, and just going back a little bit, um, Kanemaru and Hito had won uh, Ricky Choshu's uh, World Japan uh, WMG tag titles on August 19th after um, defeating um, Kendo Kashin and uh, Tomohiro Ishii. So they're now the uh, pretty much like the World Japan tag ch- champs going into this match. The main event is uh, for the main event for the show is Kanemaru and Hito and Togo, and the crowd is chanting so loudly for them, and they go up against Ricky Choshu. Tomohiro Ishii and Ichiro Yaguchi and it's funny because the crowd is so passionate for Kanemura and the Apache and then they start and Choshu's music plays and they start chanting for Choshu 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 and then when they introduce Choshu they start booing him really loudly like we're into this theme and we're into cheering for him but now that the match has started you know he's public enemy enemy number one and then um Anyway, uh, Kanemura and Choshu end up going at it, and that would lead to Choshu uh, putting Kanemura in the Scorpion Deathlock. Um, Hito's trying to um, get Choshu um, to break it with a chair, um, you know, hitting Choshu with the chair while he has the, the Scorpion on. Uh, Choshu would end up suplexing Kanemura, um, and then Ishii would end up hitting uh, Hito with a brain buster. Jintaro would rush in to try and interfere, but he ends up getting clotheslined by Ishii, and then um, Ishii would end up hitting a brain buster on on Hido uh, to put away Hido. And so the world Japan team of Choshu, Ishii and Iyaguchi end up getting the win um, over the Apache army. And then afterwards, you know, the Apache army does the team, no respect dance to end the show. And again, I mean, just, it, very, it's, it's nothing of a great match. Uh, to go actually Dick to go looked really good in this match actually. But I mean, as far as like, nothing special, but again, just the crowd and how passionate they are. Um, it was an awesome sight to see. Okay, so that's going to, now, um, really quickly, so one guy who joined Apache Pro is going to be uh, Takashi Sasaki, he was working for DDT, and we've mentioned a few times that he was always involved in kind of, you know, the 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 indie indie level of uh, the business, so what led to him leaving DDT to join this brand new company? Well, what happened was um, Kanemura had a relationship with Zero One, and so Kanemura goes, hey, you know, if you join up with my promotion, you know, you're working for my promotion anyway uh, while working for DDT. If you join for my promotion, I can get you bookings for Zero One, and then um, after the whole Zero One thing, like I talked about, at the end of the year, Zero One kind of changed, and they still had a relationship with um, with uh, Apache, but um, he actually started getting Takashi Sasaki booked with Big Japan in 2005, and so that's the big thing. So where it's actually um, Big Japan is paying Kanemura to give Kanemura, and Kanemura gives the money to Sasaki. So it's not just like this freelance booking of you know Big Japan. Here's the check, Sasaki. It's uh, you know Sasaki working Big Japan or Zero One, and then Kanemura paying um, his uh, what you know Takashi Sasaki is getting his check, and it's everything put together. All his Zero One bookings, all his Big Japan bookings, you know his Apache bookings. It's all comes together into one payday, um, and so and that was just more than what DDT was willing to offer him. All right, and uh, and that played a big part in what we're what we're talking about right now. Uh, we'll we'll get there. So okay, going into September, uh, we have a WWS show from September nineteenth. So this was an interesting show. It was in the Isizaki uh, Gamma Hotel. Um, so it's in this like ballroom at a hotel. This show, and um, you know, again, this was an occupation of the Indies um, highlight. Uh, they aired. Uh, it's Mr. Pogo versus the um, the Wolf, and what it is is pretty much the st- it's there's no ring. Like I said, it's in a ballroom at a hotel. What the stipulation of this match is because Mr. Pogo is not going to take a bump or you know even try and 
cover someone on a mat or anything. So what the stipulation of this match is, they put like this, this some type of bug. It looked like either a giant roach or a beetle or something like that. They put it in a jar and they decide whoever ends up getting the jar and opening the jar wins the match. Well, you know, so they put it in on the mat and they end up brawling outside the hotel, like right away. Um, and they end up brawling on the street outside the hotel. Um, and so they're doing like these moves and stuff, fighting in the street, brawling. Um, and there's cars driving by like they're like Pogo, like does this pile driver on the wolf in the street as cars are driving by. Um, and then eventually, um, you know, they're, they're fighting over, um, by a bridge and, um, Pogo would end up throwing uh, the wolf into the water in the bridge uh, over the bridge, and um, they end up eventually fighting back into the hotel um, where um, the where um, the wolf, I believe, would end up getting the win. He would end up yeah pull, grabbing the jar and letting the insect out to win the match. So it's pretty much to establish, yeah, you know, like I said, Pogo wasn't going to take a fall, and Pogo wasn't actually going to lay on that mat for three seconds. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we have a Cannamuro produced show on October 10th. So this was um, another promoted show by Cannamuro. Like I said, he was, um, you know he was willing to promote these small little shows at like the Chiba Bluefield and stuff like that. Um, and so on October 10th, um, they have a show, they announced 250 fans and, um, Masada is actually on this show. This is kind of the beginning of Masada appearing for the Kanemura, you know, for this group and not just big Japan. Um, Tetsuhiro Kuroda would defeat Hito in a street fight. Um, I mean, nothing really of a match. And then the main event is, uh, Kentaro Kanemura, Takamichinoku and Dick to go against, uh, Takashi Sasaki, Jintaro, and Milwaukee um, to co- Dick to go would end up hitting a diving senton um, and then on Milwaukee and Kanemura would end up finishing him off uh, with a Thunderfire powerbomb so this was just a match again just the they um, sponsors weren't willing to fully go all out yet and have a full tour and so this is just literally just to have a show to get the boys to at least work once a month um, the Apache Army would actually run a tour the next month um, but um, this is just kind of in the meantime, let's get let's have a show. All right. So the next show is going to be an Onita produced show, which we haven't talked much about him on this show. That's going to be October twenty third. So uh, yeah, so, uh, we talked about last episode how he retired um, after losing a loser must retire match against the great Sasuke, um, and so you know he wanted to focus on politics and stuff. Well, you know Sambo Asako had passed away in May, and, and Onita wanted to have a memorial show for his friend, um, and they show a video package of Sambo Asako, and they do the tin bell um, salute for Sambo, and um, the main event of this show is um, Onita and Ricky Fuji and uh, Masaru uh, Toy, an old wing and FMW wrestler, against Mr. Pogo, Ichiro Yaguchi, and Yase Yaguchi. And um, this is a barbed wire match, and actually Shoji Nakamaki comes out with the Pogo-Yaguchi group in a suit and tie. And he comes into the ring, and he ends up, comes in with a chair and goes after Onita. And Onita and him are start smashing, he, he ends up, uh, Onita grabs the chair and smashes Nakamaki Nakamaki over the head with the chair, and then Onita and Nakamaki begin headbutting each other. It's kind of like the old times, and then um, Onita would end up 
getting the win. Uh, this is how screwy the finish up finish is. It's um, the Achi, which is like this. Uh, he's this mass wrestler from um, the Indies from the Southern Japan. He's this mass wrestler kind of looks like Hayabusa. He ends up interfering in the match and Onita ends up grabbing him and he ends up hitting a Thunderfire powerbomb on him. And he, Onita pins Achi, even though he wasn't even in the match to get the win. Um, and so, you know, again, this is just Onita being Onita. And, um, and this was actually like pretty much the only match that Onita would have um, in 2004, as he was just pretty much focused on uh, politics at this time. All right. So going into November, we have some WM, WMF shows. Uh, the first one is November 6th. So this was at the Battle Sphere. At this point, this is all WMF is going to do. You know, um, Yamada, the Ling Incorporated, the sponsor, they're willing to put, you know, they're not going to put that much money into the company anymore. You can run you can run your Battle Sphere shows twice a month. That's it. We're not going to, you know, promote a Corrigan Hall show or anything like that. So they um, run at the Battle, pretty much the Battle Sphere in Tokyo is going to be their new home. Um, and what they announce is, okay, so they announce pretty much two shows every month up until February, um, November to February. And what it's going to be is a round robin tournament where um eight wrestlers are going to face off against each other um you know seven different times and um also this um they did find a a, a video provider for this uh, canal incorporated who did uh, motions publishing and graphics solutions um they were willing to create make this whole tournament into a commercial take or commercial dvd um wmf had previously never had anything other than samurai tv um so the main matches here is Mama Sasaki. Uh, he defeats Soldier with a 29 years old, um, but he ends up injuring his knee in the process. So Mama Sasaki and Ganasuke are probably like the favorites. They're the big two stars in WMF. So, you know, Mama Sasaki defeats Soldier, but he ends up suffering an injury and can't compete on the next show uh, due to the knee injury. So that's an automatic loss right there. Uh, the main event is Seiji Ikeda. Going up against Ganasuke, you know, they had fought in August previously. Well, now Seiji Ikeda ends up defeating Mr. Ganasuke. Uh, Ganasuke just can't put him away, and then eventually Ikeda would end up rolling Ganasuke up for the win. So this is the big upset. Seiji Ikeda gets the win and uh, over Mr. Ganasuke. Then that takes us to the November 28th show at the uh, Battlesphere, and um, the two top matches pretty much are, um, well, actually just, I guess, the main match because um, – like I said, Mama Sasaki would end up having to forfeit against Garuda. So he doesn't, you know, he gets a loss. Um, the main event here is Soldier against Mr. Ganasuke. And in this match, they're brawling all over. And it's kind of sad and depressing because there's about, you know, they announced 200. But I'm sure there's 100-something fans. And it's quiet. And it looks cold. And it's just them brawling. And Ganasuke ends up bleeding in, um, after fighting in the crowd. And um, eventually, Soldier would just get a clean win over Ganasuke, um, hitting the BUU, which is that top rope Death Valley driver. Um, so the big thing is here is Mr. Ganasuke, the big star of WMF, has lost the first two matches of, de of the round-robin tournament. Okay. So that's going to take us to a Ricky Fuji show also at the Battle Sphere that happened on uh, November 14th. So he, um, Ricky Fuji, around you know this time decided he wanted to promote sh some shows twice a year or so. And actually, I talked to him about this. He um, 
every he ran three shows. All of them broke even. He didn't make money, but you know he was able to pay everybody. Um, his first show was in actually March of 2004, where he had an Iron Man match against Minz Teo, who's a really good friend with him. And it's actually probably the best Ricky Fuji match ever. It's a 60-minute Iron Man match. It's really well booked. I mean, it, the crowd's quiet, but the fact that I could get through that 60-minute match with no problem shows that this is probably the best Ricky Fuji. You wouldn't think a Ricky Fuji match, a 60-minute match with Ricky Fuji is going to be that great. But it actually was pretty good. Um, you know, uh, like I said, it was really well booked. Um, afterwards, Koji, after that match, Koji Nakagawa, Goemon, comes to the ring under his old Bret Hart gear, the Bret Hart sunglasses, the pink tights, what he would wear in FMW, and challenges a match to Ricky Fuji at the next show. So fast forward eight months later to this November 14th show, and Ricky Fuji and... Um, um, uh, Ricky Fuji and Koji Nakakawa have a match and uh, Ricky Fuji would actually end up getting the win. And I mean, it's not a great match or anything like that, but um, you know, it's, it's kind of cool to see, you know, going on back under the Koji Nakagawa, like the Hitman gimmick that he did in the early FMW show, uh, early FMW days. Uh, but anyway, um, uh, Ricky Fuji would end up getting the win and they would, um, so that would actually set up for another rematch um, in March of 2005. So again, this is just kind of Ricky Fuji trying his dabbling at promoting. And like I said, he told me that the show's broke even. So, I mean, they weren't a success, but they weren't a failure either. All right. Okay. So that's going to take us into December. We have a couple more WMF shows. We have a show on the 18th and then another show at the Battlesphere on the 19th. Yeah, both shows were at the Battlesphere, um, and so the main matches here are uh, Mr. Ganesuke getting the win over Goemon. Um, he ends up putting him in the Nirvana Strangle to get the win, so Ganesuke now is on the board. He has his first win, um, and then Soldier gets the win over Ikeda um, with the BUU, and so they're really kind of establishing Soldier here as, hey, he's a top guy he, um, of the promotion. Um, and then fast forward to the next day, December 19th, and neither one of these, they even announced crowds, so I would have to imagine they're not they did not do very well um, on these shows. But um, then on the 19th, they have a big match, Mr. Ganesuke versus Mamasaki. And this is actually an awesome match. Um, they really kind of booked it well. So right away, Ganesuke comes in the ring. Mamasaki throws a chair at Ganesuke. Mamasaki then grabs a trash can and he puts it on Ganesuke's head and he does the mammoth home run with the trash can over Ganesuke's head. Um, eventually, Mammoth and Ganesuke, they start brawling, and it, I said it's a street fight, they start brawling on the street. Um, Mammoth ends up slamming Ganesuke in the street. Um, Mammoth and Ganesuke, they end up brawling into somebody's house, a second floor. They climb up the stairs on somebody's house, and Ganesuke tries doing like the balcony spot that they do at Corrigan Hall, where you try... Um, you know, when you try knocking someone over the balcony at Corrigan Hall and it never ends up working, well, then they actually do this spot in someone's house on the second floor, um, uh, trying to knock the guy, trying, honestly, trying to knock Mammoth over, um, onto the ground. Mammoth obviously, um, escapes that, um, they brawl some more in the street. Uh, Mammoth ended up throwing Ganesuke in a fence, um, into the fence on the street. Um, and eventually, um, they end up, uh, Mammoth lays some chairs out, or, sorry, actually, before that, Mammoth actually takes, like, a, a street, uh, a street cone and ends up hitting Ganesuke over the head with the, uh, street cone. Um, and then they get back into the ring and Mammoth lays some chairs in the ring and Ganesuke gets up 
throws the chair at Mammoth, and and then Gonski grabs Mammoth and suplexes him on the stack of chairs. Um, Mammoth would end up grabbing a barbed wire board, um, but Gonski would end up kicking Mammoth low and powerbombing Mammoth through the barbed wire board instead, um, and the barbed wire is like caught up all over Mammoth's body and shirt and everything. He has to actually take off his jacket because it's just he's just tangled up in barbed wire. Um, Mammoth ends up going for a barbed wire, uh, or sorry, going for a clothesline with the barbed wire all around him when Gonski would end up rolling up uh, Mammoth at the Ganesuke clutch to get the win. So this is Ganesuke's back now. He's won the, the next two matches um, after losing the first two matches. And then um, the main event of this show is Soldier um, against Garuda. And Soldier's right away pretty much going for a BUU on Garuda, but um, Garuda would end up um, reversing it and turning it into a Hurricane Rana. Um, but eventually, uh, and eventually Garuda would end up getting um, the Falcon crash on uh, Soldier, which is like a single leg crab, making him tap out. So Garuda gets the win over Soldier. So it's pretty much it's a lot of it's 50-50 booking at this point. Um, but at this point, with the, such a thin roster, they're just doing whatever they can to try and make anything interesting. All right, and then the final uh, show we've got is going to be Apache Pro on December 27th. So this show wasn't taped. Um, they announced 1,400, which is lower than any um, show that the Fuki Army ever announced. Um, and like I said, not taped. Um, so I only had to, um, have pictures to go off of. Um, Satoshi Kojima defeated Hito. Is this a, uh, Kojima bled in this match. Um, he ended up using a barbed wire bat and finishing off Hito with that. Um, and then the main event is Riki Choshu and Tomihiro Ishii against Kentaro Kanemura and Tetsuhiro Kuroda. Um, the big spot here is, um, well, Kanemura gets busted open early. And then um, Choshu ends up putting the Scorpion Deathlock on him. And the entire, like, patchy army is trying to get him, broke, break it off. Like, Choshu won't let go. Um, and eventually, um, uh, you know, the, eventually, like, I think Hito or... Uh, ends up hitting uh, Choshu with the chair, and um, but um, Choshu would ev eventually put away Kanemura with a lariat to get the win. And so um, again, the world, the World Japan Choshu team has defeated the Apache Army in a disappointing Apache Army show in the sense of it wasn't taped, the lowest number, and this is actually the last Apache Army in, uh, show at Corrigan Hall in in the next year. There would not be a Corrigan Hall show in 2005. Um, so it's kind of a depressing way to go out. And again, I don't, I didn't see the show. I didn't even see highlights so i can't really tell you what the crowd was like but as far as um as far as just the show you know it's kind of a throwaway show for being the last corgan hall show uh for the next 16 months all right so okay so that's gonna do it for 2004 i've I, you know i've got one last question not just talking about about these companies but also talking you know so wmf Fuki Army of Apache Pro, and then also Zero One, Big Japan, All Japan, NJPW. What is the overall strength of wrestling at this point? Because I think that 2003, 4, and 5 are probably the real bottoms of the valley, it seems. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is, this is the bottom of everything. I mean, Hustle, they're spending a lot of money, but they're not even, you know, I mean, eventually they'd lose a lot of money and have to cut corners and stuff like that. Um, and, I mean, every promotion 
took a hit essentially and and this was the great you know that bubble i've talked about with fnw it bursted and this is the side effects of just every promotion is hurting every promotion is is uh, um not at an all-time low but it they're not doing well big japan is kind of starting to pick up a little bit with um ryuji ito is the champion and their 2005 will be a good year for them you know i mean we talked about 2002 being a horrible year for them um but yeah i mean at this time it's 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 a real test to try and make it through these years um unscathed um you know i mean a lot of uh you know new japan took a big time hit um but you know obviously they have so much uh, so much power and so much money that they could survive you know same thing for all japan noah's probably at an all-time high actually 2004 2005 is probably new noah's peak that they could run the tokyo dump um around this time period but every other promotion um yeah it's they're definitely at an all-time low and this, like i said this is kind of the end of fmw as like a group because now um, they are two completely separate companies, WMF Apache. Um, and you know, I mean, Apache struggling, things will pick up for them in a couple of years, but 2005 wasn't by any means a great year for them coming up. And I mean, WMF is just protocol Battlesphere shows. And I mean, even with running, I mean, and Battlesphere again is similar to Shinkiba. Imagine just running Shinkiba twice a month and you're, you're losing money, even running Shinkiba twice a month. You can't afford that type thing or your, your financial backer is losing money. He doesn't want to lose any more money. So yeah, this is definitely, um, you know, the low point. I mean, and I've talked about it before where, Hey, you know, it's, the 1990s is remembered more than this time period. I feel like I'm going over stuff, you know, when I go over FMW stuff, a lot of people know that. And I feel like going over this stuff, which is years afterwards. And I feel like nobody remembers this stuff because it's just so down the, you know, down, um, it, everything was just so down and, uh, it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't hot. It wasn't something you focused on. And, um, and, you know, no one really cared about a Battlesphere show or a, you know, Apache show at the Shiba, Shiba Bluefield, you know, stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, this is definitely um, Japanese, the Japanese economy in general and just Japanese wrestling is definitely um, taking a big hit. All right, so we are recording this on February 9th to 2019. If you want to let people know what's going on currently. Um, the only thing that I can really think of is just the Onita thing we talked about last episode. But, um, I mean, he is definitely, I mean, if, if, if you're going to believe him, you know, I mean, and he even states like, his his knees are so bad off after just the three matches that he's had since coming back that uh and you know i talked about it last episode his knees were so bad that he didn't even you know he retired because of how bad his knees were that he didn't feel like he could climb up the stairs and after three matches of where he's not even really doing that much you know walking around hitting people with the chair or hitting people with um you know bar or with a uh you know, with a bat or board or whatever, you know, his knees are still so bad that he um, went to the doctor and they told him he needs surgery um, soon or he will end up living life in a wheelchair. And he said he's going to still wrestle um, on the February 11th Stardom Idol show and he'll still run. He still has to wrestle at the Baba show. He's not going to miss that. He said he'd crawl to make sure he attends these shows. Um, but after that, he's going to look into surgery. And, you know, one of the options is double reconstructive knee surgery or a knee replacement and if he ends up getting a knee replacement um you know it's gonna be bad it's gonna be a long time off that he won't be able to wrestle and so 
He did say that he still is going to appear at the um, spring break show. I mean, he didn't say anything about wrestling, but I mean, if he ends up getting a knee replacement, I can't see him wrestling personally, but I mean, Onita's Onita and um, I mean, we'll see what exact surgery he gets. Cause I mean, if he gets a lighter surgery, he might be able to wrestle in a month. I don't know, but if he ends up getting the major surgery, I think that the doctors are recommend going to recommend him do, then um, he's going to be out for the rest of the year. Probably. All right. So I've got a plane flight in about nine hours. I had to go to Tokyo for this Sakuda versus Kasai main event that's on February 10th here. Uh, let me ask you a question. When was the last time they ran a Freedoms title match outside of Kurokin Hall? Ooh. Um, oh, outside of Kurokin Hall. Um, I know they ran um, – I know Takashi Sasaki defended the uh, – the. well, that's actually afterwards. So Shinkiba itself, I know Takashi Sasaki wrestled the Brahmin brothers um, for the title uh, in a three-way match in June 2013. Um, and, and I know Jun won the title in 2014 um, in a, in Awati, which was a – it's a big building. It's the, it's actually bigger than Corrigan Hall. Um, he, he defeated Yuji Hino. Uh, for the title, and then uh, sorry, I'm just trying to yeah, ask me on the spot. Um, so I'm just trying to go off memory, and then I know um, Takeda took on uh, Su- Yuya Suzumu um, at Differariaki, yeah, or not Differariaki, sorry, Shin- at Shinjuku, Shinjuku Face. Face. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah, yeah. Shinjuku Face. Yeah, 2015, and that was like a 24-hour pro wrestling show where 24 hours of wrestling uh, took place in that building, um, and that was the free like each promotion got a two-hour block for. Uh, 24 hours and that was the freedom show so off the top of my head the, yeah the 2015 is the last one but uh, i'd have to l- do some research or something but 2015 off the top of my head <laughs> um before we go i just want to ask you why do you think they're running this ma- i mean why would they because you know they've got the i mean okay so sakuda is a big japan wrestler and you know he's made mention to me personally that he just wants to do more higher profile stuff and when you're in big japan it's way harder to punch through that ceiling there and so he's doing stuff for for freedoms, um, I, but still, when they announced a main event singles Kasai title death match for Shinkiba, uh, for like normal prices, um, I was very surprised at that. Well, I got you on a plane to go see it. So yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, I think it's the draw. Really, is is you know, I mean, it's a Shinkiba show where, I mean, what was you know, usually it's a, a tag match, a fluorescent light, to, and and hey, some of the I've been watching some of I've been watching the Freedom shows. Some of the Shinkiba shows actually are better than the Corrigan shows in some ways because sometimes and not every time, obviously, but there will be a, a random Shinkiba show I watch and the the crowd will go like crazy, and it maybe it just picks up better. At Shinkiba show than a Corrigan show, but um, the, anyway, um, the, you know, so it, like there'll be tag matches, a fluorescent light tube, and they'll draw 180 fans and stuff. So that's kind of the bar where hey, as long as we draw a half crowd, that's all we need. But the draw really is is like hey. You, we know Sakuta is not going to win, but what do you, you know, you want to see what he's, you know, what's willing to happen. Is he going to do the syringe through his mouth again? I'm sure he will. Will he do something else? You know, and so that's kind of the match where how crazy are these guys going to go? You know, it's not just, will Sakuta win the title? It's not that it's how crazy, what are they willing to do? Um, you know, this isn't going to be just a standard tag match that you see every, at every Shinkiba show once a month and for freedom. So it is something different. And I, and at this time, freedoms needs to do something something different because they don't run a Corrigan Hall show until uh, March 31st. So it's going to be a little while um, before they really, like, really need to go all out to like try and um, promote a, a big show. 
Well, okay, so that's all I got. Um, I'll just drop my name. My name's Steven. I do the, uh, uh, you can follow me on Twitter, INTL Wrestling. And uh, Brett, where can people find you? Uh, FMWWrestling.us, um, where I cover everything, um, Onita, Freedoms, uh, anything related to FMW. And I also sell uh, DVDs of largest FMW collection of DVDs, as well as uh, I'm willing to sell MP4s where I can email them, email you the file um, that day. Uh, instead of shipping them out. And then also you can find me on Bahu FMW on Twitter uh, where I tweet uh, anything that, you know, anything FMW related or freedoms related that I, um, that hasn't been reported. I'll tweet that out. Uh, and then um, Bahu FMW world on Instagram where I post pictures from um, hundreds and hundreds of magazines. I actually organized them all and I'm pretty sure I have a thousand magazines at this point. And then, um, also, you can find me on Brett FMW uh, on you, you on YouTube, Brett FMW, uh, where I do uh, video, uh, pretty much put video to all these pod, uh, all these episodes of the podcast, um, as well as I just posted a um, Masashi uh, Takeda career music video uh, that goes about thirty minutes. All right. So with that, we will come back next time for two thousand five. You gotta keep them separated. Separated. Hey! The man you disrespect me. Take him out. You gotta keep them separated.